Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Hi, everybody. It's 6.05 California time, and it's time for my private audio call. Tonight, our special guest speaker, brought by pop, brought back by popular demand. Boy, that's a tongue twister. We have Dan Benham on with us tonight, and hopefully, Dan, all those things you couldn't mention on the other our previous calls, you'll be able to talk to tonight because you're off probation, right? No, I still got, I still got until January. <clears throat> so, oh, I thought you were out in August. No, there's there's really no I can talk about anything I want. I just can't help anybody or you know, open a business. They got all kinds of goofy things on there for me, so January? Why did I think it was August? I don't know. No, it'll be <laughs> the middle of January, but things are moving right along. It's it's getting close, so Okay, well good. I'm glad you you're able to come on and, and talk about whatever. Um a lot of people are here tonight to hear what you have to say, and uh, I'm glad you're, uh, you're you're on with us. I mean, we waited a long time. I thought it was, geez, I thought I was, I hit you up in August because I thought that's when your probation was over. But anyway. No, no, that's oh. totally fine. Things are going along great, and I greatly appreciate a big crowd. That's, uh, I think there's a lot of things that people need to know in this country and that's that's what I'm about. I'm I'm not about, you know, practicing law or doing anything like that. I just try to help people the best I can and uh some of the things I've done in the past have been quite successful, so I like to share those events with people. Fantastic. Well, why don't you go right ahead and start sharing? <laughs> okay. Well, I didn't know if there was a general topic or what Well, exactly. what do you want to talk about? Usually you talk well, about foreclosure and banking and stuff like that. And I promoted you as uh, being off probation and, and finally you're going to be able to say things you weren't able to say before. So I guess I screwed up on that. Well, Angela, I can I can say whatever I want whenever I want to. I just, you know, I, I can't practice law and I can't give legal advice and I can't give out an opinion because, you know, I'm, I'm licensed as a paralegal. So as soon as that's uh, rectified, I'll be able to, do more of that as of right now. I'm I'm still restricted. I can't actually physically help people. I can't give advice or anything. So sharing Oh, well, hell, as then as might as well get off the call. I don't know why we're doing I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. But, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about, and I've heard a lot of emails and people chattering back and forth about, you know, the foreclosures and the old affidavit process that was used uh, quite successfully in, in past. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to talk about that if, if anyone's got any questions, I know there's probably a couple of people that might be actually listening that might have some questions. Uh, you know, I can't give an opinion, but I'll definitely tell them what I've done in the past that has seen some success. I also got an email from Jay Mark about Wells Fargo Bank saying Wells Fargo scandal is just the beginning. Here's what else they are hiding. And I got a whole email on that. Maybe you know something about that. Well, I mean, you know, I don't know if many people know Tom Schaff or not, but uh, Tom and I were 
very close at one time and, and did a couple workshops together and uh-huh. and he he showed me something that he didn't share with a lot of people and that was basically currency trading and, and whatnot in the open market. And what what I learned from him is actually is is very absolute true is is all these banks and holding companies, all they are is a it's a shell game for the bigger boys is all it is. I mean they're there truly is eight, eight families that are that are powerhouses over this world, and it's it's clear once you see what's really going on in the financial world. Yeah. And and, and with that being said, that's basically what's what makes the affidavit that I did before. It, it, I mean, it just makes it a an arrow with a silver arrow for for a vampire. I mean, they they can't withstand it. They they can do all they want to, but that's about it. You know, I hear different uh, different stories about people saying, well, the directors, you know, wrote me a letter back and said they forwarded it to their law firm. Okay, well, that's fine. Um, you know, and, and most people are unaware of an affidavit and what it does. I strongly urge people to go and read up on affidavit law. <clears throat> and what, what you do is you draft up an affidavit, with what I did, draft up an affidavit knowing that, you know, 12 United States Code, Section 9, which I believe it was Section 9 of the original statute, if it's not still in that same section. I always read the statutes because the statutes are it's paramount law. They can't sidestep it. Whatever the, the actual statute, not a code, whatever it says is dominant. It, it's, it is what the legislature truly said um, in, in opposition to the United States Code which is merely written by a law firm for the House of Representatives to reword what Congress really said. So the United States Code isn't exactly word for word what the legislature said all the time, and people need to be real careful of that. So I always urge people, use statute. Don't, don't use the mere code, use statute. And with that being said, um, the directors, I found that the directors of all banks actually – are part of the director. You know, the president has to be the director, and the directors are liable for anything that is said, done, or act, acted from any of their employees. So anything a bank employee does, the director is liable, and he takes an oath to it, and it's found right in the actual statute to the banking act, the bank act. And once an affidavit is sent to him directly, he can't pass it off to anybody else. I mean, it's it is what it is. You either rebut this affidavit, otherwise the affidavit is true. It's 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 that simple. Right. And and they can try all they want to, but once that's put on the record and into a, a court, I found that the you know the, the the judges really try to sidestep it. They won't answer it. They'll try to do whatever they can to protect, obviously their interests too. Um, and and I, I am saying that because I personally have never seen a judge that will want you to win or succeed or want a layman to succeed against a bank. Um, and I, I can't really explain if they're being bought by, you know, um, crooked uh, lobbyists or whatever it may be that may be offering them something or if it's actually part of what's known as the Judicial Act. Uh, here in Michigan, it's the 1997 Judicial Retirement Act, I think is what it's, the exact word is. And it's basically very, very easily put is judges that sit on the bench, they get paid a portion of the court fees in their retirement fund. 
So, I mean, that right there in my mind creates an illusion or a very direct connection that they are going to be prejudicial to watch money go through that system. And if you win, there's no money that goes through that system. So, therefore, it's not in their best interest to say, whoops, I'm sorry, you win. I don't get any retirement money. Um, and I'm not saying that's happening, but it's it's it shouldn't be connected. Any time I challenge that, I got the most uh, uh, interesting results to say the to say the least. Um, like like however, what, for instance? Uh, cases being dropped. I mean, you know, traffic citations I, and stuff like that. It, it's you know, it, I never did it on anything major. It, it was all small things, mm-hmm. and it was it was quite successful. Uh, one was up in Lake County, Michigan. And I'd have to put somewhere around 99-ish, 2000, somewhere in that time frame. Um, and I threw that in, and the judge just dismissed the whole case. It was gone. It just disappeared. It's gone. So, um, and the reason I did that is because he, can't, he went against me, and I appealed it, and I appealed it based on that issue. There's, and that brings up a whole other topic, which I'm going to get back to this affidavit thing, but this is, it is also very important. Uh, relating to the affidavit going to the director as far as I'm concerned is that now you can connect the dot between an issue that was ruled upon incorrectly. And in, in what I've found is that in an appellate court, most people fail because they go there arguing the argument. And you don't go argue the argument. You go and argue why the judge or the court in the lower court was wrong. They either violated law, they violated evidence, they violated something. That's what an appeal is for. You do not go back and relitigate the issue. You're going to lose every time because uh, that's not what that court's for. It can't hear it. It doesn't have jurisdiction. So um, that becomes very important once one understands affidavit law. Once I understood that, I started putting the affidavit together using certain sections of that, which, Angelo, the, the, the blank one you're using is, is quite vague, and that's why I try to explain to people, do your research, homework, do this. This is your, your deal. It's your issue. If you go to court, you're going to have to face it. A lot of people can't help you, so you really have to go in there with ammunition and also know for yourself what's going on Otherwise, you can become, you know, you, you, it won't be favorable. I'll, I'll just say it that way. So You become mincemeat. Um, well, absolutely. You know, and, and I've seen so many people do that. They'll say, well, they denied my appeal. And I say, send it to me. And, you know, I'll look at it. And that's exactly what they did is they went in and re-argued the original issue. And they, you're going to lose. I mean, you know, it's, they don't have jurisdiction. 12B, very clear. They don't have jurisdiction to hear that case. That's not what that court's for. However, if you structure it and say something to the fact that um, you're on the, the judge made an improper evidence rule because the affidavit was logged into evidence, here's a copy of it, here's the stamp on it that it was put on the record. Um, if there's transcripts written on it, copy the transcript part where something was said in regards to that affidavit. That's why I urge people always, when when I was in there, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting my voice is getting heard. If, I, if they're going to shut me down, I will speak some way, shape, or form to get whatever my most powerful arrow is into that court record. In this case, to me, it is that affidavit because it went to a director who was sworn under oath for anyone's actions in that court or in that bank, I should say, that everything was done properly. And when you couple that together with the fact that the 
bank itself sent documentation to the FDIC, the Federal Reserve Bank, the Securities and Exchange Commission, and in some cases the actual Housing Commission, then they're, they're in a big violation if anything differs from what they sent to the government authorities compared to what they send into the courts. And usually you'll find that every time I've seen them, it's been a complaint made against you for not doing something that you agreed to do with that lender. Well, if it can be proven that it's a violation of law for them to do what they're claiming, such as taking out a loan, because they, they being the bank, have to file documents with these authorities. And these documents actually go through and state that the, that the bank has no right, title, or interest in any of the notes that it's holding. And again, hopefully everybody is caught up on that on that fact. I've been here enough. I'm just assuming that most people understand what I'm talking about. Um, but they say that they can't hold any right, title, or interest in that note. Well, the complaint itself says that they obviously do. Otherwise, they wouldn't have standing before that court. They're saying they're damaged because of that note. Well, they told the SEC that they didn't have any interest, right, or title to it. Well, if they didn't have any interest to it, how could they be damaged from it? They they can't. It's it's an oxymoron that can never be answered. And that really does help in an appellate situation is because now that you've done the affidavit, regardless of what the director has done, if he ignores it, fine. If he passes it on to a different company or a, a law firm, I suggest writing a letter to the law firm with a copy of it saying, this is what I sent to your client. Would you please make sure you discuss this as it involves federal violations and may trigger a federal investigation? It's simple. It's true, and it's what's going on. I mean, you can't sit back and wait for them to do what they're, they want to do. Right. You can't wait for them to do right. No, you need to put evidence on the record right now, every bit of it, and use every tactic you possibly can to make sure that anybody that that lender wants to go into court and try to defend, make them know what's going on. Here, this is what's going on. I have not received a response. <clears throat> so um, with, with that, Angela, I think what might be good, because I, I haven't even, I just got out of work and got out of my clothes. I haven't even ate dinner yet. I would like to open up for questions and answers, and hopefully with the crowd is uh, is what you said, we should be able to sum up a couple of questions here, and maybe I've got a life story that I can share to help answer it. <laughs> okay, Florida, you've been unmuted, Florida. Go ahead. Did you have a question for our guest speaker? Oh, great. Um, thank you. Um, I've listened to all your audios, um, Dan, and um, it's great information. I wanted to... Um, ask you about the bank code exposed that you mentioned. Um, mm -hmm. Where can I get a copy of that? The last copy I knew of, um, I, I, I had given a friend a copy of it on digital format. Last I knew he still had it, um, and that would be Family Guardian. Okay. Um, not on the website, the, the man that actually runs it? Yes, he, he does hold a copy, and I I can find out again if he's still got it. And as a matter of fact, I, I might have gotten a copy of it from him. But I think he had the original copy. And if I'm not mistaken, there was about three or four updates from that time. Okay. And also, you had mentioned that you had um, did some tax things to get rid of your case. Um, and that you um, might share that with people. Have you done that yet? or? Well, I'm still going through tax issues right now, so I'm honestly the law firm that's 
got my case, I gave them power of attorney, so I really don't want to violate anything now um, okay. because I still got current things going on with them. Um, nothing detrimental. No, I mean it's it's all civil at this point. All the all the bad stuff's gone. Okay, um, but so, you're do, you're using like uh, IRS forms to like do um, find remedy. It, that's uh, all so I far. I haven't so far. I haven't seen anything from the law firm that's doing this. Uh-huh. Um, like I said, I've got other law firms working right now, and I, I'm not at liberty to answer or talk about taxes at all at this point. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, no, oh, okay, yeah. You, you had mentioned that, okay. Um, and your book, um, how's that going? My documentary is on chapter seven. I actually, I, I guess it's an autobiography. Or, they call it several different things. Um, I am definitely looking for somebody that um, may want to go through and uh, edit, maybe switch some sections around that might not be in place. Because I'm I'm not, I'm not a writer of a, I've never written a book book before, so uh-huh. um, it's it's very short. Because <laughs> here, you know, when when I went through my paralegal course, they taught me to be short, blunt, direct, and right to the point, and it it worked. Um, and I think <laughs> maybe I need to elaborate a little bit more on it. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that that will be done, um, again, shortly after January. Uh, I believe that's going to be made available anyway. So. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and also the CD um, that you had mentioned in a couple of shows, um, you had mentioned something about a, CC, a, a CD on maybe the UCC. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. I don't really do much with the UCC. Um, I, I really don't. The things that I used to do with the UCC were, I would help certain doctors and patents and uh, do uh, trademark uh, sometimes their names or their products and stuff like that. I did a whole bunch of that. But there's, you know, I, I just cut right to the chase. Like I've said on many, 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 many shows before, and I've said it for many years. There's a lot of practices and procedures out there that I just simply don't morally agree with, so I don't choose to even talk about them. Uh, it doesn't matter if there's a remedy attached to it or not. I'm just simply not interested because I think that um, a lot of these bills of exchanges and site drafts and uh, closed checking accounts and offsetting your accounts and stuff like that using any connection to a social security number attached by a UCC is uh, morally indecent. And I say that because it does nothing more than to do exactly what those that you are disagreeing with are doing. So. Um, two wrongs don't make a right in my mind. It's a biblical, spiritual Christianity thing that I have, and I'm not about to budge on it. So um, I know a lot of people have taken my UCC research and and expanded it and grown it into other programs. Um, I do know the UCC very well, but I do not condone any practices such as that whatsoever because, for one, the first detrimental thing you're doing is you're agreeing that there is a debt to be paid. Okay. You just, you just rebutted your very, very first claim is I don't want to pay this. Okay. Well, okay. You just I, something to pay. I, and I get what you and because I, I um I know you talked about that. No, it was like a CD that you said you kind of uh, give a class on um maybe American Nightmare is it or or something like where um do you know what I'm talking about? You I thought it was no, like a never, CD where you were I've giving a presentation. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't, I don't, I don't do classes on UCC. I mean, okay. if somebody wants me to look at one, I could do that. But obviously, right now, I'm kind of limited on that. 
It wasn't um, UCC, and I know what you're talking about, like the secured party uh, creditor process. I was talking yeah. more about where you break down the UCC. I thought you did some sort of class on that. Oh, so sure. I could just sure. I can, I can, yeah, I can certainly break that down. It's actually quite simple. Uh, there's a lot of people out there believing that Article 9 is a, a, a remedy to something, and it's actually expanded a lot further out from there because Article 9 is ser- merely just the security interest. Um, that, that's defines what the end result of doing the UCC is. It by no means explains the process in getting there. You can't simply file a document with just UCC 9 on it and expect anything to work. Um, secured, secured interests such as Article 9 are actually governed by Articles uh, 2, which is 2A and 2B, which is sales and leasing. There has to be a sale in order for a secured interest to be there. Article 2 is actually governed by Article 3, which is a negotiable instrument. That sailor lease agreement is actually identified and evidenced by a security instrument found in Article 3. So Article 3 actually governs both Articles 2 and 9. However, Article 3 clearly tells you in 3102 that Article 4 governs it. Now, Article 4 will bring you right straight to Article 8 because Article 4-101 will tell you that this article governs Article 3. However, Article 8 governs it all. Article 8 is actually the entitlement holder section of the Uniform Commercial Code. You have to be entitled to it. So there has to be evidence that you're entitled to it. And if you're entitled to it, then whatever agreement you created and whatever agreement you made is the one that's to be bound to. Mm -hmm. It's really that simple. Um, if that makes any sense to you. <clears throat> it does. Well, let me ask you this. I've been trying to get my master file from the IRS, and I, they keep putting me on the, uh, the running around. Have you been able to get your master file? Because the, and the reason why I ask this, I was in the military, and I have, um, you know, just other issues, but I've been finding identity theft in my name mm-hmm. in the uh, county records. And I'm trying to get a hold of the master file so that I can actually set the record straight on what um, was taken from the Treasury in my name. And do you see what I'm saying? Um, well, one one thing that I can admit to from personal firsthand knowledge time and time again mm-hmm. is everybody's going to tell you not to talk to the IRS, and I tell you to. Mm-hmm. I march right in there. I'm sorry, but I'm walking in there. I want answers. I want them now. And if you guys want to talk to me, i got a recorder and a couple witnesses. Let's sit down right now and have a chat. Are you ready? Click. Go ahead and speak. Well, I let mean, me tell I'm, you, a friend of mine, <clears throat> he's pretty high up in um in, in this movement too, and he, he talked to, you know, a higher up, and she was uh, yeah. at the IRS. She said, we're, uh, we're never sending you that master file. <laughs> Well, I mean, they have to. That's what I'm saying. March into the to your local office and mm-hmm. say, I need it. And if you don't get it, then ask them for their pocket commission, a copy. I want a copy of your pocket commission, please. Pocket commission. Okay. Well, sure. That's their identification and their employee number. They have to give it to you once you ask them to. Otherwise, they're violating ethics. Uh-huh. Okay. That's what I'm saying. No one, no one, there, 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 there's a huge web, folks. There is a huge web of laws. And... The the reason I believe that these laws are even here is because they're meant to hide the organic law of this land. Mm-hmm. The organic law of this land stands true, and it's trying to be overwritten by sections here, new additions here, addendums there, amendments here, and it's just getting to the point where <clears throat> it's confusing people. 
Mm-hmm. But if you go back to the organic part, you'll find that as you read forward, that it's still organic law. It's still the Constitution. The Constitution has nothing to do with me. It has to do with you, Mr. Government Agent or State Agent or local official. You're the one that took an oath to support this document. I did not. Mm-hmm. So this is my promise from you that you are going to adhere to what those words are that are on this document. Mm-hmm. If you don't do it, then you're personally liable. And I'm not going to sue you in your commercial or corporate or uh, your your business type capacity. I'm going to sue you in your individual capacity because what you did is not part of that agreement. Mm-hmm. So you are a normal man sitting there, and I will sue you personally for that. Well, let me ask you this. Um um, when you say that, the ID, because a lot of times these these people, they still try to say, oh, you know, I, we don't have to give you um, the ID. Do you know where I might be able to find that uh, directly in the laws where they, they're required to provide it? I, I, I've never even had to research it because anytime I ask them, they either give it to me over the phone or they give it to me in person. Show them to me flat out and let me write the numbers down. If you're not going to give me a copy, I'll write the name and number down. That's fine with me. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's all we are is naming numbers. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, this this is getting into you know little little details and stuff like that. I mean, ma'am, I I mean, just use your head. Get the information. Get it on the record. It's clear. Okay. Um. Yeah. I just I haven't been able to find where they're required to provide an ID because sometimes when they feel when they know that they're doing something that's not. I tell you what, you tell them this, you look them straight in the eye and you say, are you refusing to identify yourself? Mm-hmm. You're a public official. Okay. That's okay. all you need to say. It freaks them out. They go crazy and they'll start digging for a business card or whatever they've got to give you. No, I, I, no I'm sorry. I want, your, I want the pocket commission number. I want your employee identification number because it's going to go yeah. on an affidavit too. Right. Okay. Or, or it's going to be used in court. I can identify you properly by then. In fact, when I did that, not one of the agents, not one of the agents over and above the the one agent itself even showed up at court. I mean, they were, they were going sick. Mom was, one of the guy's moms was sick and he couldn't make court, so he was gone for the whole week. Really? Okay. I mean, that was, that was the IRS agent that I got to admit that not one person in this country can file an income tax return mm-hmm. and that the IRS does not have jurisdiction when they're in a meeting with somebody. They don't even have authority. Okay, and let me ask you this too. Hindsight, looking back, um, and I'm kind of—I kind of have uh, Bill Thornton in mind and uh, Carl Lentz, uh, Lentz, I think his name is in mind. Would you have gone into their jurisdiction? Would you have actually shown up to court um, into their venue, or would you have maybe tried a different approach? Um, See, people don't understand. People, under, people don't understand what 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 sovereignty and being free is. I don't go into their jurisdiction. We're the sovereigns. We walk around in our own jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. Unless there's evidence to prove otherwise. But what I'm saying is them locking you up, do you think they were just completely out of – there was no, um, no jurisdiction that they had, or did, were they able to presume some sort of I don't know. But I, I, I don't know, but you're starting to sound like you're doing an investigation on me personally, directly with my case now, and I really don't. Oh, want I'm to sorry. Talk about I, that I, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like that. Uh, but, uh, sometimes, when you hear somebody's experience, you want to. You want to know. Okay, it's like when I've had issues before, and I have to analyze those issues to know where I did right, but also where I did wrong, um, and 
the next time it's like I'm able to correct it. And one other thing I wanted to ask you, I was wanting you to actually check out a YouTube video that I have out there because my particular experience is um, a man, you know how um, with these foreclosures, sometimes the people that purchase the property, rather than go through a lawful process of eviction, they just come in and they change the locks and, you know, you may still have furniture and things like that in the property, but right. they just come in and just change the locks and, and they're in there. Been no due process, anything like that. Well, that happened to me. Well, I sent a letter um, uh, trying to retrieve my stuff back. My husband went to the property, and they actually accused us both of domestic violence against the man that had taken the property. And wow. so if you, go on the, if you go on YouTube, and it's called False Allegations of Domestic Violence, uh, and it was under uh, Paper Terrorists, if you will check it out, because we actually went to the Second District Court of Appeals, and we did an appeal, and we um, they they affirmed the domestic violence case, and and I believe that um, what the what the um, tribunal said or what the um, judge said, she said, oh, we don't understand the error in the lower court, and he and he said, well, he didn't have standing. Uh, to bring a domestic violence uh, case because we're not in a relationship with this man. This man came into – so the point is is that we said that there wasn't standing, but they still and, – and we knew from Florida statute that the man had to prove standing of domestic violence, but they still reaffirmed the lower ca- uh, court case. So what I – like, if you could um, check this video out. It's only a couple minutes. It's – well, uh, I mean, that's from what I just heard. I mean, it sounds like he attacked a witness, not the actual senator. Who? What was the caption on the on the court document? Was you it said what? Well, you what? You know what? The, you're what, muffled, who, who, who Dan. I don't know what you're you're muffled. I can barely understand you. Who me? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, Dan. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Um, All right, try. Who was who? Who was the plaintiff and who was the defendant in the case? Okay, um, it's uh, Jason Tucker. Versus Rodney Edward Amick. Okay, that's no. I'm just uh, very quickly. Who who was plaintiff? Who was the defense? Okay, my husband Jason Tucker was the well in the in the appellate case because he was the appellate. On, on the court on the court paperwork, what does it say for plaintiff and what does it say for defendant? I, that's all I'm asking. For. Oh, the petitioner uh, uh, was a uh, Rodney Edward Amick, and who is who is that? He was the one that uh, took over the the property. Okay. Uh, without going through due process. And my right. husband's name is Jason Tucker. And okay. you know what? Even if you put Jason Tucker's name into Google or like Jason T- David Tucker, uh, 2nd District Court mm-hmm. of Appeals, you'll actually um, pull up the case, but he actually has a video. So what, what evidence was put in that case in order to rebut the affidavit? The, the domestic, okay. He did a domestic violence um, affidavit. And he said, okay. um, you know, these people, they they did this, they did that. But it wasn't actually, you know, founded in truth. So we did a rebuttal affidavit, and yeah. the the judge, he still ruled in, in, in the man's favor. Yeah, I, I don't – I mean, that that is so hard to for me to even expand on, uh, domestic mm-hmm. violence. I, I can't even talk about that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do know what I what I would have done myself for the lenders. I would have sued the lender for 
taking my property and also the home. I mean, that's that's the party that did it is the bank. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I would go after them and sue them, you know, independently. Just start a, well, start a suit against them for X amount of dollars. They stole your house and they did this and they didn't even have standing to do it. Yes, and so we're in we're actually in federal court now with them. Uh, we're in the in the federal court, and and but we went at um, we named everybody as a party. We named the state of Florida. We named the so clerk of court. Federal court from that. We're in federal court now. I would have went to the state court. It was property that was founded or is in a state. The state has authority over properties, not the feds. No, but the thing is, is we're doing a 60B motion because of the fact that um, we're doing a 60B motion because of the fact that um, the lower court, um, uh, you know, they took the gave, house. They took the house. And that they gave this, they put this domestic violence charge on us. And I so can't, can't that's the reason. That, but if you're if you're talking about a banking issue that took place and, and you want to sue them, uh, it is possible that somebody could actually counter that and and put in there with like a cross claim. Uh, but then you would actually have to ask for a change of venue because the cross claim is actually a state claim. This in Florida. It's in Florida. Yes. Okay, I and, got it. I put the link in the chat. To, oh, of the you YouTube, know. the YouTube video. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was. It's under Jason Tucker, though. Yes, the well, you Racketeer yeah, I, Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. Yes, Tucker and, versus Amic. Yes, and if you could, if you could just do me a favor, even and the reason why I said the the video because when he mentioned that about standing and about um, um, you know, showing the error, she had, the judge has specifically mentioned this to him. It's only a couple of minutes. But maybe if you could email me, because I think he has a contact on there, if you could email me and maybe give me a couple of tips on where we went wrong with our argument, with our appellate argument. And, you know, like appellate cases, I mean, it wasn't – they only yeah, gave us a few I, minutes. And, and, and I, I hear what you're saying, and I, 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 I don't want to say no, but I have to. I, I, oh, okay. I, yeah, I'm that's fine. Last, I'm on 120 days, and if I start reading stuff, then okay. it's – uh, yeah, that's fine. A place that's where you know. And I don't want you to say, think hey, that look. I'm some sort of agent because, uh, like, no, once you I, see the the YouTube video, you'll know. <laughs> well, no, and and, and I'm, I wasn't making the accusation. It's just there's okay. a whole lot of questions. That I'm thinking, oh gosh, if there's a, a government agent provocateur on this phone, which I'm sure there is, uh huh. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cough up at this time. I'm not going to. I've lasted this long. I've got a hundred and some days to go. And no, and that's 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 fine. Um, I, there was yeah. one other question, and I don't know if you can answer this one or not either. But since uh, you know, I know you've mentioned that you work at a dealership before. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know anything about them putting QCIP numbers on the applications and how that process works, or can you even talk about that? QCIP numbers on what application? QCIP numbers on on like app on credit applications when you come into the dealership and you apply for. Um, <laughs> They're all they're all digital now. I mean, one guy puts the information into a computer uh, portal from the lender or from a, a company that sends out information. So I don't know if it gets to the bank if it's coded or not. I have no idea. Because it's my understanding, and I I have to dig into this deeper and research it deeper, that they're actually securitizing those applications and they're trading even the applications on the stock market and putting uh, QCIP numbers on it, just like they do. They put QCIP numbers on our court cases and trade I don't know. They got to. They, they, I don't know. They got to pay this thirty-eight billion dollar uh, grant they just gave to Israel. I mean, it, 
make their money out of everything anymore. It, it's so hard to keep track of that, and I really don't care because that's their world. And I'm just going to try to stay in mine and get as many people as I can to just stay away from that whole system. You know, and like one other thing. Yeah. Okay, and then we're going to have to get okay. move on. Yeah, um, we, we do have to get going here. Okay. Just um, if you have a book suggestion on um, learning more about how to invoke equity in court. I have a Henry Gibson um, book on um, Suits and Chancery, but it's just, I don't know, um, I don't know, it's difficult for me to understand, so I wondered if you have, um, like... I, I mentioned this earlier, if, if anybody wants to know the law, go find the statutes. Mm-hmm. Go okay. read the statutes. Take your time and read the statutes. You will know what 100% law is. Every district in the United States and every court, including the Supreme Court and the Appellate Court of the United States of America, every single court agrees that if a United States statute is put in in opposition to a United States code, the United States code yields if they're different. I'm not saying every part's different, but I've seen a whole lot of parts that are different. And if you put statute in there, it will supersede the U.S. code that they're using every time. You've now created a reason for appeal. Mm-hmm. Think. Be, think. Just slow down. Read what you're doing. Understand what you're doing 100%. If you really want to do this, you will go find it. Okay. And do you have a, a good, quiet title template? I just I use the ones right out of the out of the system. I mean, they're okay. they're really. I, I try to use the state that's in the state. I mean, if they got one on theirs, I just I use their forms. Okay, and thank and you, if I don't Angela. Like on something, I'll take it off. Okay, and thank you, Angela, for the show, and thank you for oh, your time, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Let us know on. how it. <clears throat> yeah. Let us okay, know I will. Take care. Okay. Thank you. You too. All right. Next up. TalkShoe901, you've been unmuted. you have a question for Dan Benham? Yes, ma'am. Mr. Benham, I have two questions for you. Um, you mentioned about the 100 days, so I'm not sure what questions can be asked or not asked. After the days have passed, whatever you're referring it to, or do you have like a, um, a fee where you may um, not assist somebody, if somebody does their own paperwork, do you have a charge of fee where you can look at it regarding foreclosure? And the second question is, what court cases can you give to everyone that's called, not related to your court case regarding foreclosures, that the affidavit worked and people can read the case? Angel, I believe all that's on your website already, free. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I said I believe every bit of what you just asked for is on Angela's website, free of charge. I, I'm not charging for the information. She's got yeah, the, for everything. The, web, the, the website is myprivateaudio.com. Mm-hmm. MyPrivateAudio.com. You up at the top. You click on guest speakers, and that'll bring up a page with all the different guest speakers we had. And you just click on Dan's name, and it'll open up a page with all the stuff he sent me. Most yeah, of it, anyway. There's doc, yeah, there's those documents there that I've used in the past, and if people want to use them and, and tailor them to their own, I mean, it's it's not it's not a cookie cutter type thing. Just just tailor it to your own situation and be as crystal clear as you can and, and precise, and there you go. So. Well, I, I did go to that particular website, and I did some Google 
on some of your um, just your name and certain things popped up. But what confused me was that I never found like a court case. And again, I'm not referring to your court cases. Do you know of mm-hmm. any where the affidavit actually worked? But it's not related to you. But you can say, look, this person used this affidavit. They went to court. They got a positive result. Do you, by chance, have a court name or I me mean, a docking name or docking <clears throat> number for that? You know, that's that, that's, court that's an excellent. That's an excellent question, and I do know a couple people. Um, I would certainly want to get with them before I release their names out in the public. Uh, even though they are in public, I don't want to call them out on, on an open call so 100 people, you know, contact this guy or these people. What I can tell you is that more cases just disappear. They just go away. There, there's, I've got a bunch of people where cases have just went away. Um, in fact, uh, not to elaborate too awful much on this, there used to be a group called Dorian out in California, San Francisco. They took a lot of information and, and inserted the information into their process. Um, and their process got a whole lot of people in trouble. And I was asked to help a couple people back in Oakland, or that was 06, 07, some, somewhere in the mid-2000s that had been in trouble and they wanted me to look at the cases with their attorney who used to be one of the, he was the former prosecutor for San Francisco County out there. So we looked at it and I explained some of the things that I thought were wrong with it and sure enough their whole process was was failed because they they missed the step before the affidavit and I always encouraged people send the affidavit immediately, immediately to the directors and then you have to file a default. I mean, there has to be a crystal clear, you did not get this, you're in default, it's over. And a lot of people miss that part too. And it, it works very successful for at least 120 to 130 people that were part of that. Now, mind you, this company had thousands and thousands of people that did their process. But it had about 120 to 130 that I was able to get to and you know, suggest to the to their in-house attorney that they needed to change that that documentation. They did, and not one person ever seen any issues again. It was it was over. So I'm I'm not saying that there's a process out there that's going to win, but there's a lot of people that have gotten success, and there's a ton of people that, excuse my language, went through hell and still lost. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to sugarcoat this because the person asking the question is the one that needs to go again and, and do that research. Um, I, I hope that answers it without without sidestepping it. I mean, there there's people out there, but I don't just want to call their name out like that. And there's a lot well, of I, that. I appreciate you saying that. And just in the future, if you could talk to those two, those that couple or that the people that you know and ask them would mm-hmm. they be willing to share the information so the public can read the case? Because if they could right. see the complaint, they may know what direction to um, go into into their case. And the very last thing, Mr. Ben, was I thought about this as you were um, asked that question. After those those days have passed for you, um, do you have any like an email or some type of website that people can get in touch with you? Oh, when 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 I'm done in January, people yeah, people will definitely know how to get a hold of me. Um, okay. And you're talking to somebody that had a success. I mean. I was my own first guinea pig. I did it myself to find out what was going on. However, there was no, there, I was still making all the house payments and everything at the time. So there was no process that was going on other than mine. 
And I really encourage people to do that because now they can't come back upon me and say, well, you're not making your payments, you're in default. No, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking here. You do the answer the affidavit. You rebut this affidavit. If they don't get it, I'm going to send you a default. And if I don't get a default, I'm suing your ass in court. Excuse my language, but I'm not going to give you a reason to say, he just don't make his payments. He's behind on his payments. No. This is their issue, the bank's issue. And all focus and all amplification, all lights and all questions need to be answered from them, not me. I'm the claimant, not them. They don't have a claim. I do. Prove it. Is that this case here, USA versus Benham? Oh, that's this probably one. the. I, I don't know. There's a couple of them out there. <laughs> probably this one. This um, one is uh, the one that the case number ends with uh, 94. RJ. No, that's 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 the criminal case. Oh, okay. Robert Jonker or Yonker or something like that. That was the judge. That was the federal criminal case where they said that I owned the business and they know that I never owned that business. And this much I will say because this is going to get publicized real hard. And also, if there are any agents on the phone, I'd like for them to go find this document because it's been seven years I've been asking for it. And they still won't give it to me. They claim that I owned the business and that this business made money and this money wasn't reported properly on tax forms and bankruptcy forms. That's why I went to prison. However, the newspapers um, said that I went to prison for selling snake oil tax schemes. So the newspapers and the court documents didn't really coordinate with story. Um, I, I imagine everybody on here gets the sarcasm I'm using at this point. Um, however, I asked them for the actual application that was used to create the so-called business. And it's been seven years. They won't give it to me. However, they did give it to me. They just don't realize they gave it to me when they said that you are not a business owner, therefore you're not entitled to those documents. Please provide us with some form of authoritative docu or documentation or identification from yourself to obtain these documents. Well, I don't have such identification. I never have. So they actually did answer it because now I can put that documentation in as evidence and say, you don't have it. And they're going to say, well, all you got to do is prove that you know, identification that you had authority. Well, then you present it. And they can't do it. So and the entire criminal case was founded upon that, and that's why I went to prison, is because they said I owned a business that didn't do certain things. And there is no ownership because they knew it. And matter of fact, they know the person who does own it, and last I knew still owned it. Not going to speak any names on him. I'm not going to bash anybody, but... Uh, they, they know darn well they couldn't get to that person because that person does not live in this country. So they just attack me and use me for that. So. All right. Is that good for you? Talk shoe 901? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Ms. Sarah, and thank you, Mr. Stahl. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Next. Let's see here. Next up is uh, South Central Coastal California. Boy, that's a lot to say. You've been unmuted. Hi. Hi, Angela. Hi, Dan. Hi. Thank you. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for all the work you guys do. I sure do appreciate it. I called Angela a while back because I had mentioned to her, I emailed her, that uh, you were on a call where you were talking about how to do briefs and how to take uh, public servants to court, and you had a long uh, call explaining step-by-step step on how to do that. And so 
I had an issue with uh, some public servants, and I took up all your information, and I am in federal court right now. And I got a letter from them. I'm this far. So far, it's two years I've been doing this with these people. Uh, they want consent to, to, to use a magistrate to hear the case and judge the case and for appeal. So I've never done this. So now uh, I've done... Uh, you know they have motion to dismiss. I I beat that, and I and I used uh, the ultimate facts that I had, and now we're at this point to where they want a consent, a consent to use a magistrate. So I'm calling about that, and what would you do? Because I'm not looking for legal advice. I'm only want to know what you would do, and I may be over my head, but I have won cases in court, traffic court by using discovery and uh, other things that I've learned. Uh, so I have to prosecute this case now, it seems like. So here I am, and uh, I was telling Angela that maybe you had to explain what's the next step. <laughs> so you're, when you said you're a federal court, but lady, you said that you had to prosecute the case. Are you, You're uh, getting are muffled you the, again, Dan. Are, are you the, the movement in the federal court, or are you the one being charged with something in federal court? So we'll no, come what's going on. I am, I am the prosecutor. Okay. That's yeah. very important to know, because that changes the whole story. <laughs> yeah, um, I am the prosecutor. You, you know, I, I've, I've come to the conclusion in my life that I don't care who I'm in front of talking to. If I bring the right stuff in there, nobody can really deny it. And if they do... The next person up who will pay attention certainly will, which, again, I, I just beg and pray, people, please, if you put any emphasis on my calls tonight, please read the statutes that support your topic. You will be astounded. I, I swear to God, if you go and read the Bank Act, the original Bank Act was 20 pages, guys. It's not the code. Go read the 20 pages of the Bank Act you will know exactly where the entire bank code is founded on. And nothing can veer away from it. If it's reworded differently, the statute stands. 20 pages versus how many pages are now in the United States Code under 12 United States Code for banking? Thousands and thousands of pages. 20 pages against the thousands. Those 20 pages are the law. If anything contradicts it, it's out. In your case, use the statute as your argument and com complaint. Go in there with proper evidence. Here it is. This is what the legislature said. They're going to bring in some other code. And you're going to say, I'm sorry, but this is the statute at large, which was originally enacted, and that contradicts it. How is it possible that the United States Code can triumph over the statute at large? It's impossible. No court in this country has ever decided against it. You're now telling me you're going to vote against it? Could you explain that, please, Your Honor, with an explanation as to the basis and foundation of your, of your reasoning? People have to go into court with ammunition. And it, please don't take this wrong, but people asking questions, I love the questions, but I'm going to ask questions right back. And those questions are, if you're asking these questions, then you're not the one in control of this case. You have to go learn it. You have to go read it. You have to know exactly what you want to do. We can direct you to the right code, but 
you're the one that's got to read it. You're the one that's got to provide the right documentation, whether you're a defendant or a plaintiff. Go use that statute. Hopefully, did that. I did that with my facts, and it seemed to got you know get got me to this point. So my question on this was: uh, this form, uh, you know, it's, it's like a legal piece of paper, and it has a service declaration of service, and it talks about uh, notice regarding consent to a magistrate judge pursuant to Local Rule seventy three dash three. Um, is is that time sensitive, or can I ignore something like this? Or well, is, is that, you're, you're gonna you're gonna have to. I don't I don't know the time sensitivity unless I go read the actual code that they're using. But basically, that document is just saying, do you agree to allow this person to oversee the case for now instead of this one? Uh, a magistrate. <clears throat> in in I don't like magistrates for the simple reason that it, all it does is it creates another delay. I got to talk to this guy who then has to, if I don't like his decision, I got to go to the judge. And then if I don't like his decision, then I got to go to the appellate court. That's just, to me, it's a way of just tying up the court system. What I did, I don't is, like <clears throat> what I did in the case, I, I put it in the record that I wanted an article three, uh, court. And I did that because they were trying to use, uh, uh, their public, of rights doctrine that they have. Okay, wait, whoa, 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 stop right there, stop right there. I, I just seen what I would do different there. Why are you asking for an Article Three court when you're the claimant? You're possessing the claim. This court has authority under Article Three, blah, blah, blah. You're the claimant. You are directing that court. Which court are you directing? Like I said, you have to go in there knowing this stuff. Right. Well, I did that. You're, because they, I don't want an appeal, and so they're saying here that they want, uh, they want it to go to appeal with a magistrate judge. I'm trying to get, uh, you know, like a court that there is no appeal. So, the you've already had a decision in the case, and now the decision to go into a magistrate. I guess I'm. No, no, there's no, there's no, there's no decision. We're trying to get to a trial, or we're trying to get to some kind of offer, and they're sending me this paper telling me okay. that they they want consent for the rest of the case to be heard okay. by the that, that's that's fine that's that's fine, but let's go back to that very beginning complaint that you filed. Did you state a certain jurisdictional section to the court to be able to hear the case, and if so, did you use Article three as part of that statement? Well, I used it. Only when they uh, use the, um, you know, their own laws to say that they were immune from being sued. Okay. So, so what you can do is you can file an amended complaint, and this time let them know what court governs your complaint. Am I making any sense to you at all? Yeah, that you are in a sense that you're telling me what court governs my complaint, but there are, this is my court, and that's what I want to govern my complaint. Well, and, and that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. This is, in, 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 our, in our court of law, the moving party is the one that, A, has the authority to say what jurisdiction this is by, what statute you're basing your claim on, what evidence connects you to a violation of that complaint, 
or the right for the court to hear it. You have to put all that down in there. And if you never said that it was an Article Three court in the complaint, my my I, I wouldn't have done that. I always put in there what court it is. Here's the law. Here's the facts. And here's the evidence. Let's move along. Well, like I said, the only reason I did that is because they were using public rights doctrines to get out from being sued. And I know that I used the law in Article 3 where there, if it is on the record, they can't use an immunity like they were trying to use. So it's still going to be heard in federal court. It's just going to be, it could be heard under an Article 3 judge or, or an Article 3 court, which is, I think, common law. What's the claim? It's 1983. No, what is your claim? Uh, my claim? You mean, the, what is the cause of action? Yes. What's a conspiracy to do harm? Under 1983, under, un, under police and... And other agents of the government. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would strongly urge you to, to go to, you know, your your section of code that you just referenced to me and find the find the background statute to it and read in there. And it'll, it should tell you in there also <clears throat> what, what authority it is because the Article 3 court can't hear that. <clears throat> I mean, it's, well, it's an equity. You're using an equity statute or code. You're going to have to use the proper jurisdiction. So, why do you think they're asking for this consent? I, I have no idea. I, you're, I haven't seen a piece of paper. I haven't seen the doc. I don't know anything well, about this case. Other than what the, you're telling me. The defense attorneys are you know, asking for permission to use a magistrate in a 1983 case. But most likely, it's probably just a full docket, and and they just want to keep the magistrate judge busy and do some certain administrative stuff before it gets up to the court because they fill these courtrooms up so many times a day so they can make money. It's just a profit center. I I don't know. That's, That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Yeah, okay. The other question I had was about what the girl was talking about, where when you talk to a public servant and they ignore you, such as uh, the California Franchise Board, and then they lean and they take money from your bank, can you use a, a um, an affidavit to tell them, hey, you promised to do this and you didn't do this? And then if they don't respond again, can you go after their bond? I would encourage you to... Um just go to any any law library and go and shepherdize, or even if you can get access to like LexisNexis or Westlaw or whatever, go read some laws or some court holdings, I should say, in regards to affidavits. Yes, affidavits can be used, and if they're used properly, those create the very evidence you need to prove a violation of a statute which gives that court jurisdiction to hear but you must go read the statute. Nine times out of ten when you try to sue somebody and you're mentioning police officer so-and-so or government official so-and-so, you're going to lose because they're all in it together, number one, I believe, 
And number two, they got so many other codes that you have to basically go through a bunch of red tape to prove that they're not immune from it. That's why I strongly urge people just to sue them in the state it happened in the state court on their individual capacity because what they did is not part of their job. If it's not part of their sworn duty under oath and they step outside of it, they did not do that in their official capacity. They did that in their individual capacity because it's not part of their official duties. No, I I, I did that in my 1983. I was talking about public mm-hmm. officials that the girl was talking about in my in the other call where she said they won't that identify themselves. They won't identify themselves or they won't. Like, for instance, I, I sent a letter to the California Franchise Board commissioner or director, whoever he is, the top guy, asking them to please, uh, ver- please verify the status loss. Right. Go ahead. Please verify this debt. Uh, please, I asked some other questions. Your computer systems are are known to be wrong in the amounts of money that you're charging. Please verify this debt. So they ignored everything I asked them, and they put they levied my bank account. And so what I'm asking is, do you know of anyone that has done an affidavit against, for instance, the franchise? tax board guy and said, well, you said, you know, I asked you if this I was... Don't, I don't know. I mean, an affidavit describes an event that took place. It doesn't but, show a violation of law or anything like that. <clears throat> to answer your question directly, no, I, I don't I don't even know of an affidavit being used for what you're going through. Um, I, I just, I mean, maybe to, to, to prove that the person that, did something wrong, but if you're going in there to try to ask the, the tax board to verify a debt, I mean, that to me... I would never do that. I, I, why, why would I ask them for a debt? I'd ask them first for their power and authority. I mean, to, I mean, to me, well, it's they, all about they, jurisdiction. They build so. me. They, they <clears throat> build me. They, they, they sent me a debt, and so I'm right. asking. I'll say, well, I'll pay this debt if it's a true debt. That's okay. all I said. If this is a true debt, I'll pay it. Can you verify the debt? They didn't verify the debt, so I'm asking did you, you. Did you do that verbally, or did you do that with certified did, mail? I mean, how did you did do it? In, did it in writing, uh, uh, registered mail, third party. So I have proof that they got it. So what I'm asking and you did you send them another, a default? Yeah, so I put a default there and everything. So I've, I've listened to your other calls where you talk about affidavit, so there was a default mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. So what I'm asking is... Can you use that affidavit or another affidavit to go after their bond, or do you know anyone? Or what would you do if you get if you keep getting screwed around by public servants that don't uh, actually? I've said it several times. If, if that's something that's going on, I'm going to sue somebody in their personal capacity in the state it occurred in. But you've also said other times, why should you go and sue them when you can use their bond? Go after their bond. You said that too. Okay, um, that is absolutely true. You have to first find out who holds their bonds. And in the last two years that I've been home, they've hidden most all of them. The companies that I that I knew that used to hold Michigans is no longer around, and I don't know where those. I don't know who's holding their uh, their bonds for office. But no, I don't. They hide them. They hide them. But you can oh, go. Sure. You can use the, you know, something that has to do with 
you know, some kind of information act where you can ask for the information through, say, the... the well, yeah, the that's just a bust, but I'm just saying right now that's what you do is you, you file claims with the insurance company, but you have to find that insurance company. Whoever, whoever holds the bonds, they have a claim form, and you file a claim with them, and you can use the affidavit as evidence to support the claim. Yeah, and I'm just I'm just listening to your other your other call now where you said yeah you want to get a, an officer out of office you can go after their bond so I'm I'm well, kind sure. of pissed off they've gone into my bank account they've taken my money I want to know how I can get back you know return the favor you know well, well I mean you you've got a claim prove it evidence it file the claim and take them to court All right but the bond I mean, thing there's, is there's, I'm sorry, go ahead. I said uh, you, the, the one I'm talking about is going after their bond. That's not something that you recommend or that you would do in your case? If it was no, your you can. Absolutely you can. I'm not saying that at all. I'm, I'm saying there's different different avenues. You can, you can take them right to court if you want. You can sue their bond for office. I mean, there's all different kinds of things you can do. What I'm trying to do on this call tonight is to let people know that you have to go and get the evidence. Yes, affidavits are used, but the statute must be used. And so far tonight, I've heard everybody talk about the codes and court rules, and they haven't went to the actual statute. There's actually a statute for the court rules. And if you use those statutes in your claims and file them in the proper courts, you're going to see some. You're going to see some eyebrows rise. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, if, if you're trying to sue somebody in a 1983 case, you might win, and I wish you the best of luck. Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to lose, and I'm not trying to deflate you or inflate you either way. I'm just letting you know that if it were me personally, if somebody did something to me and it was outside their official capacity, I'm taking them to the state court. To the state court? Well, it was certainly. It's a state issue. He violated a state law. The 1983s are not state issues. 1983 is federal citation. Right, and that's what they violated. Okay, and I'm not saying they didn't do that. I'm, and, and I'm saying good luck because it's the federal system. Okay. The state courts are a lot more honest than that fed court. That fed court's terrible. I'm sorry, but even the even the Supreme Court judges are are now making cases that I just it scratch I scratch my head, wondering where they come up with this stuff. Right. So Dan, do you, do you recommend like a, a layman, like you know, most people that listen to the call, they're not lawyers, and they're gonna go out and make mistakes. So when you make a mistake, one mistake will cost you the whole case. What oh, do you What what do you recommend? I mean, is there other people out there that that can help you through going through this? Like, well, uh, here's, here's yeah, here's the other part of this equation. If you're filing a claim and you've got the evidence, you have the statute, you have the law backing you. Why wouldn't you call up an attorney and say, hey, you want to make some money? Because I did. I tried calling several attorneys in town, and they, they all denied my case. They didn't I, want to. I don't to, know what the to... claims are. I don't know all the facts or anything like that. But if you got all your stuff together and show it to them, they'll, they'll, I mean, you're going to find somebody. Oh, yeah. So I, I may still do that. I mean, I could turn it over to somebody. Mm-hmm. I just wondered, I wondered about this particular piece of, a document that talks about right. consent, and I was yeah. wondering. 
Yeah, because a layman, a layman, I'm I'm sorry, that federal system, they're intertwined, and there's so many rules and regulations, and it, it's it's confusing, and I do not recommend anybody try it alone. I I really don't. Okay. I I myself don't even like doing it alone. Okay, thank you, then. Thank yeah. you so much. Okay, next up is guest 33. You've been unmuted. And, and, and Angela, this will have to be the last one because I got, I got to eat dinner tonight. Oh my gosh, Hello. really? Go ahead. Yeah. Hi there, how are you? No, it's not me. No, it's you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I know he said he's got to go um, and, and eat dinner, and me too, because I'm just getting home. I have a okay. quick question. Um, mm-hmm. I have studied so much. I've heard of you um, through Mr. Keaton, like studying his work. And he just no 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 that I studied his work. No, I said I studied Gene Keaton's okay. work, and then right. he in turn says that whatever you teach, you're exactly right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I haven't been able to you know I haven't been able to have any time to dig into things, but um, I'm going through something with my um my sons and daughters. They took all my all six of my um kids away from me because I homeschooled them. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah, and then That's I just terrible. had a new baby. I just had a new baby and then the police and DHR came in and took him um when he was four weeks old. So they came and, and got my new baby. Your, so what is your question? Um so I had to give you the background so you can understand why I'm yep. asking yep. you this. Yep, I got it. Um, I got it. Okay. Good. Because, see, when things, people don't understand, when things like this happen to you, something happens in your soul when they come in and take your sons and daughters from you. You kind of change, you know, and you and, and when they do it the way that they've done it. Um, I've, lost, I've lost three myself. We're on the same page. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I don't care. I'm, I just don't care anymore, okay? Um, because I feel like when you do those things, it's more of like a mobster, gangster type of thing. That's how I take that. So um, how I am now, I just, I don't even go to any of their hearings. Okay, I don't can participate. You, can you please get to the question? I'm not trying to be rude, but I am starving to death and okay. I'm over, over the hour already. <laughs> my, my question is this. Um, what, what are your thoughts on their, the court's jurisdiction and, like, participating, period, in a, in a domestic at all? Issue? In a domestic issue, they've got it. How is that? Because one, there's probably a birth certificate with a child, and two, some kind of issue happened in their in their local jurisdiction, and three, there's probably a claim of an injured party such as a child. That's the court and the police's duty is to protect the children and protect the best interests of the child. That's very clear. Right. If there's anything right. going on with a the child, then then the, you know you have to disprove that. Yeah, but you know. I just it's just gotten to the point where I don't I do they just do what they want to do you know they don't listen to anything they don't let you talk and so I've just you know I understand what you're saying well, about I mean, the there, yeah there's probably a claim against the child and that claim hasn't been disproven I mean that's yeah. what it is a claim came against you and, and that's where the attacks have started to come from so it, it's not really a matter of jurisdiction it's a matter of is the was the child in danger? Was the child hurt? That information has to be disproved. Right. 
Well, Mike, God, you're, you're basically saying that if somebody come in and found beating my child to death, you're telling me that I could just look at a, a court and a judge and say you don't have jurisdiction to save my child's life? Of course they do. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm not so right. such a so, so if So it's in disprove the claims that that child is in danger. Okay. Don't fight them. Give them, give them evidence and ammunition that my, these children are totally safe. I mean, they're totally fine. I've got insurance on them. I'm paying their bills. They're educated. What's the problem? They're fed. They're loved and nurtured. What, what, where's, where's their danger in this? What gives you any right to take my child if there's no issues whatsoever? Otherwise, okay. I'm sorry. I gotta agree with the police and court on that. If they got, if someone's really in danger, or if there's something on paper that shows that they're in danger, they're, they're duty bound to protect that child. Yeah, I agree. I really do think. I actually agree with everything that they do. You know. So then, just disprove what their claim is, and it should go away. And I, I can only say I wish for the best. Just gather the best evidence and read those statutes and go get them. Right, and one other question, quick. What do you feel about um, the copyright when you when you when you come at it in an angle where you are asking them about what authority? Because that's kind of where I am now. I feel like, um, you know, really all of these cases that they bring, they don't even have the authority to even make a presentment in the first place. Well, I, I, we're we're right back to domestic. If it's domestic, they got it. We're, I'm just answering the same question again now. No, I said, what do you feel about, you know, in terms of your copyrighted name and how they bring court cases, period? The claim is not against them. If somebody uses your copyright and makes profit on it, then you have to sue that person. Right, right, right. Okay. All right. Well, Dan, thank you so much, and thank you, ma'am. You're welcome. Thanks Uh, for calling in. Thank you. Um, yeah, I'm sorry you didn't eat yet. And I'm, I, I, we mm-hmm. usually go two hours, but I, I'm not going to hold you to no, it. I, You're hungry. No, I, I, I said an hour when I got out of here. I said I, I just got to work. I know. Honey. I haven't okay. even ate yet, so I, I apologize. Right, well, but I. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time and uh, your energy, and uh, I'll hit you up again. When, when in January are you off probation? It's in the middle. Okay, so okay. we'll have you on again next year. All right, thanks, guys. Sorry, I was thanks so, so much. Wrong, but I got to eat. All right. Have a good I'll night. Thank you. All right, everybody. That was Dan Benham. Live from Michigan. I uh, I wish he would have stayed on longer, but uh, we still have people in line with their hands up. I don't know if they necessarily want to come on the call um, now that he's gone. Uh, <laughs> oh, we have an uh, interesting group online. Uh, let's see here. Go ahead, Delaware. Is that you, Dave? Yeah. I just wanted to say that Ralph Winterout has a Rule 47 research that proves court rules supersede all laws, all code, and all statutes. They're all subordinate to the court really? rules. Oh. So anybody who would like a copy of Ralph Winterow's email, send me an email and ask for Rule 47, and I will forward it to you. 
just send your email to me at notaxman at DMV. That stands for Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia, not the Department of Motor Vehicles. Anyway, DMV.com. Notaxman at DMV.com and ask for Rule 47. And I will forward Ralph Winterhouse email complete with the attachments research for your enjoyment and education. Court rules supersede or trump all code, statutes, and law. Everything is court rules, not law, not statutes, and not code. It's all a bluff. Thank you. Well, thank you. I'm sending you an email right now. (laughs) Court rules. Okay. And let's see. Next up. Wait, let me send that email. Okay. Next up. Donaldson, go ahead. You've been unmuted. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? I know you can probably hear me. This is Donaldson talking. The court rules was not a very bad comment at all. I totally agree. Well, first let me say this. Goodbye. No one said it was goodnight. a bad comment. I didn't say it was. I said it was not a one. But what I am saying is that Dan... Good night. Have a great night. It was nice to hear from you. Uh, He's already with gone. Regard, yeah, with regard to that comment, though, about um, the court rules, um, like, well, first of all, go ahead and tell me then if, 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 how to, you know, affect the court rules with my private law. Tell me that. Mm-hmm. That's okay. what I want to... I'm going to ask the previous caller that just called in, uh, if you don't Dave? mind, that question. Well, Dave, still, you're still unmuted, so you can answer him, Dave. Mm-hmm. I will go ahead and I will mute myself out to be respectful. Okay, well, go to the court rules and look up court rule 12B1, 12B2, and 12B3, which are the in personam, the venue, and the subject matter. They have to prove that you are the fictitious, all capital letter named dummy, and they have to prove that you're in one of their fiction zones, whether it's the District of Columbia, 10 miles square, 100 square miles, or D.C., or some other two capital letter abbreviation, or some numbered fictitious zone, or state of. And if you're not in one of those fictions, they do not have the venue, and they are violating Court Rule 12b-2, and in Court... Rule three is the subject matter. They don't have that because none of their documents, no contract, no piece of paper they have, even if it's signed, even if you signed it, it does not have your authorized signature. It may have a signature. It may even have your signature. But because they never gave you the full disclosure, you never had the ability or capability to have formed an intention to authorize or not authorize that signature. And if you want to understand how Kobe Bryant won his case by saying that is not my authorized signature over and over and over, and that's all he said, that is not my authorized signature. Funny thing how the offending lawyers, prosecutors, did not raise unauthorized. And they had to dismiss the uh, null press, the charges against Kobe Bryant, because he said that is not my authorized signature. Just go to your law dictionary or your law encyclopedia and look up unauthorized unauthorized signature 
and you will see why they had to drop the case. <clears throat> Just go to 12B1, 12B2, and 12B3. There's no way they can prove in personam. There's no way they can prove venue. There's no way they can prove subject matter on any document. Once you raise it, they have broken or failed to prove. They've complied with those three court rules. So they have no, no none of those three primary preliminary basic elements of jurisdiction to proceed. Okay. Their court rules make them obey their own rules. Thank you very much. Okay. Oh. Um, next up is Carl Lentz. You've been unmuted. Did you want to say something? Okay. You've been unmuted says Carl Lentz. <clears throat> okay, well. <laughs> I guess he fell asleep. <laughs> uh, is that you, Carl? Uh, well. I don't know what to say. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, <clears throat> Donaldson, you know what? Take a rest. Well... Did you go look up those court rules that they've recommended? Okay. Anybody else want to come on? It's uh, star eight. And talk about what Dan had to say, or we could talk about anything you'd like. Let's see, Rick from Southern Illinois. You've been mm -hmm. unmuted. Hi, Angela. Hi. This is my first time calling. Um, oh, welcome. Thank you. I've uh, been going through some uh, court cases, uh, personal injury, and I admit, I'll be the first to admit, that I don't know a whole lot about anything. I just feel like I've gotten railroaded through the court system, and I'm still at the beginning stage after seven years. And I've just yeah. learned and discovered uh, about Carl's shows and... Uh, your show, um, and I just learned with uh, Dan, I don't know who he is, but he sounds like a very intelligent guy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I just feel like, you know, this, just listening with him, um, I didn't know if this, what kind of proper venue this was or a forum, but I didn't know if it was just going to be related to tax stuff or, you know, I heard the other lady that called in with uh, her children and that. Yeah. Well, we and, cover all of it pretty much. You do, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I've uh, the common, what's that, the common word ner nerds? Uh, that's that another common topic. Common law, so, common yeah, law. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just, uh, I'm basically uh, new, and I'm trying to look for, I know Carl has mentioned about uh, a next friend that you could have in court if you go in as a man or a woman, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. 
I would, I don't, would you know where I could find that information about that? Is there any you certain... Can go- Google it. Next friend. And yeah. see what comes up. You'll you'll get probably a million references to it. Or just put next friend in court. Yeah, like the next friend, you know, because I'm, I'm not really into all the... I Carl has made a man out of me. I'm 53 <laughs> years old. About maybe 18, 19 more days. And I really am... Mean, just within the last week or two, I've just been over and over, just 24-7, uh, trying to get in touch with him, and maybe he could help me. I know he's a very, very, very busy man. I you know have he his likes number? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. I've sent a Well, I went to Keep his, calling him, and he'll pick up eventually. Yeah, I know, but I was like, you know, I hear him, you know, when he was with Gus, uh, I think it was the 4th of July. And it was on one of your shows, and he was Gus was cooking a hamburger. And uh, he was like, wait, 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 don't smash the hamburger. <laughs> he wants all the trimmings left on there. So, uh, you know, and he's working on the cars and this and that. But uh, I just, uh, that would, I figured that would be one way to have uh, a next friend in court for me because from what I'm understanding is is that uh, Bill Bill Thornton, he's another one of uh, um, he was common on. law. Yeah, and he says if you have one crack, uh, in your case, they'll come with a pry bar and just pry it wide open and you're going to lose it. And I have like seven years of just surgeries and and done wrong. And uh, I don't want that to happen. You know, I don't want that. Well, yeah. Have you gone to court yet? Yes. I had an attorney there that was I thought was representing me, but he, no, he's violated ethics, uh, I didn't know all this until two or three years, and I believe what it is is that they're all in it as a system, you know. Yeah, and it's a they wake don't up call, is Pardon? It's a wake-up call. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people come into this realm of uh, learning and education because of a violation, you know, but it's like... Nobody bothers looking into it until they've been violated. It's too bad, you know, because then you're like, you know, you've got to hurry up and study and get this stuff figured out so you can, you know, fend for yourself. Well, that's what I'm doing. Every little word. It's like you just now use the word violated. Carl, boy, I heard him go off. No, violated. Did somebody violate you? No, they interfered. <laughs> so I know not to use that word, you know. But, uh, oh, yeah, I'm really? just trying yeah, yeah, I've heard Carl say Carl's that. Carl's you know. on the call. He's unmuted. I don't know why he's not speaking. Carl, uh, are you there? Did you wake up? Did you have to go to the bathroom? Are you there? Hello, you've been unmuted. He probably burned his hamburgers. <laughs> He'll run off after the dog or something. Or he fell asleep. It's late. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, uh, I know there's probably some other callers that's on there. I, I did create a profile there on, uh, I think it's Urban Cowboy is, is my, my I guess my talk shoe name, and I put a little bit of information on her. I thought well, but you know what it says here? It says Rick, Southern Illinois. Right, yeah. I As I found out, you know, screen name, I guess it is, then I went into my profile as, you know, I'm limited on my data minutes and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I just tried to fill out everything and trying to maybe put a basic of Southern Illinois. Like Dan was on on when he first uh, discussion, and he was saying that he didn't want to give out too much information 
because um, it might uh, hinder his uh, case, you know. So I kind of just put Rick Southern on. Oh, I didn't want to put every, you know, I didn't want to put too oh, much. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, I understand. So I'm just, uh, I'm learning as I go, you know. But, yeah. Uh, um, Got to be really careful. That's all there is to it, you know, and yeah. especially in this day and age with all the technology and yeah. uh, means by which they can get you. You got to yeah. be real careful. You got to act as if no one's going to take care of you but you. Yes. You know, yeah, and, and yeah. always look over your shoulder. I wow. know it sounds paranoid, but uh, like, you know. Sir David Andrew is, has passed away. And, you know, the more I think about it, I mean, was he sick or was that something that they did to him? Because he was talking about Hillary having a body double way back before anybody thought about it, you know, and yeah. that she's dead and he said things that get you killed obviously i mean i don't know i hate to think i mean i I don't know you know i don't know how old he was and uh he was sick because he was telling me he almost died and now he's gone but i mean you got to be careful is what i mean you know just yes yeah don't volunteer more information than you need to and that's what I fear is that, you know, I've been through this court for like seven years now and I've seen my surgeries and I, it eats more and more and more. I know that my rights, I mean, that's what Carl's brought up. I'm a, I understand it. I, I, can't, I get the picture now. Before I was struggling to just make sense of the civil versus common. And now I understand it. Yeah, a man is a man and it's there in court. But now it's like I have to fill in all these little pieces that, uh, like uh, Dan was talking about, statutes over codes. And when I was in court, you know, the, uh, after my attorney withdrew from the case and then the judge had, I'm standing there like, uh, you know, like with my back brace on and she's like, you need to do this, you need to get an attorney. I was like, I'll represent myself. She said, no, we have rules. And the things that she said went on, well, lo and behold, I learned just from your little shows and call shows that, practicing law from the bench. I never heard of that before. Uh, you know? So <laughs> very so, good, very good. Yeah, things. it's those golden nuggets that really help you out when you need them, if you remember yeah. them. That's right, and that's what you I'm know, trying to You can, um, yeah, just go back and listen to all of Carl's shows okay. over and over, all the audio, all the video on YouTube, just over and over and over until you can, until they can come your, off your tongue. I have three chihuahuas that lay in the bed with me at night, and I have earplugs oh. stuck in, and I might knock knock the earplug out, and uh, whatever information I miss, I ask them what I miss. <laughs> yeah. That's cute. But, yeah, that's the way you get it down, and, that, and it helps to understand it. And then what also helps you get it is telling it to others. Yes. Teaching yes. others and my daughter, my writing daughter, emails to others and stuff. That helps, too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, um, it was really great talking to you, and um, um, I really look forward to listening to more of your shows and learning. Well, and good. Thank you for coming, and I'm glad you uh, came on and, and spoke a little bit about what's going on. I'm sorry no one's really able to to do it for you or help you better, but, uh, you know, yeah, that's, it's, all, it, that's it, what it's, these calls are all about, is learning how to do it yourself. That's you what know? I'm... I'm not a person that's won anything off a radio show. I don't even call in a radio show to win stuff, but this 
pretty much my debut. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I thought I was going to be up kind of stuttered and, you know, like oh, Ralph Crandom, how he's like, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to. But uh, I guess did it pretty good. good. All righty. Well, have a wonderful evening. All, All right. right. Thank you so talks. much. Yeah, Alrighty. keep us up to date on how you progress. And uh, All right. if you ever get a hold of Carl, if uh, it works out for you, let us know, because that's how we learn. Okay, I sure will. <laughs> bye-bye. What's your name, Rick? Rick. Okay, Rick, thanks. All righty, bye-bye. All right, bye. Anybody else have a question or comment? Uh, oh, Donaldson, you've been unmuted. Okay. So where where do you want to take this the rest of this call? Because I have well, some information. If you're willing no, to listen, I have uh, some information to share. Well, you're talking about uh, 30 minutes remaining? Whatever you have going on. <laughs> I get so many complaints about mm-hmm. having you on. I just I know. Feel you terrible. feel like you're listening to those people? Like to have, but let me ask you this. Have I ever done anything to you, though, or anything like that? Have oh, I ever done oh. anything? No. Oh, okay. Uh-uh. So you ain't got you no real get, evidence. You do get annoying. Come on. I, I Everyone, even, excuse me, I've, you can't, I've, wait, yeah. human beings are annoying in general, right? Well, no, not really. Yes, we all have our <laughs> annoying little, okay, how about this? This is what I wanted to talk about. A lot of people have heard about the memoranda of law, okay, and you you, you, you use it for criminal matters or for civil matters, right? And what it basically is, is ordinarily it's for a lawyer um, and it's prepared by like a paralegal, okay? But or what you can do is take the basic understanding. What I've managed to do is, is get the basic principles of the legal memoranda, right? And and try to incorporate, you know, my own, and just put it my way, basically. Make my product look good. Make my writing look pleasing to the eye and something look like something that they are used to. And so there's there's I came across this really cool editing checklist right for the memoranda and I now as you know I don't know if it's okay with you if I go over these these four facts the, the memoranda basically has like statement of facts question presented conclusion or like a short answer to the question right and then some discussion about it okay and then at, after that you have your your little um you want to pay attention to the writing style. So, yeah, there's like four real main parts to your memoranda. But under the, the four parts, right, you can break each each part down into little little um, must-dos, okay? Like, for example, in the statement of facts. That's the first part, okay? And the first thing is you could say, well, did you provide an introduction in your memorandum that sets out the context of the problem. You know what? You need to have your you know? own call. Why don't you have your own call? Oh. I'll help you set it up. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Uh, I'm Right now is not a good time for that, though. Uh, why not? You're on my call. Right. That's why it's not a good time for it. Cause well, you can have your, your own call, though. And, you know, but I'm not trying to take over. And right. and no, well, I know that. But I'm not trying to take that, over your call, but you said this was open space. No one is talking about anything, and this is very useful information. What are you? You haven't even really heard anything that I that I said yet. 
I don't know, maybe because you just go on and on and on. Well, no, I'm telling you now that this is not, I'm going to teach you something about the law if you're willing to learn. I'm just reading it, though. Nope, we're done. So you start escalating, you know, it's not necessary. I'd rather close out the call. No offense. Uh, Anybody else have a question or comment? Press star eight. And uh, otherwise, uh, what is it? We are an hour and 35 minutes into it. If anybody wants to talk up, now's your chance. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Dave, you're still there. You're unmuted. Do you want to say anything? Anyone who wants to uh, avoid agency extortion, just go to www.escape-tickets-capital-I, capital-R, capital-S, Dash court.org and activate strategy number one, and it has worked for me since 1972. I never hear anything in the mail any longer from the Internal Revenue Service or any other outfits. I cost them more in postage that they have to pay. Anyway, everybody else can do it if I did it. This is based on Howard Griswold's research, and it absolutely works. And it's guaranteed to continue to work until they publicly terminate due process. When they terminate due process, then all bets are off. But until then, it's guaranteed to continue. Okay. Anything else? Well, there's another name for the same website, escapeharassment.com. Both (laughs) names take you to the same website. Just study the definitions right out of Corpus Juris Secundum. They're posted right there on the website. The definition of due process, the definition of contract, the definition of appearance, the definition of acceptance. And if you can avoid being tricked by the dirty, rotten, communist BAR lawyers, if you can avoid being tricked into the appearance trap and the acceptance trap, you can avoid them being able to create a contract and then claim that you failed to appear. Whether you do show up or do not show up, they'll claim you failed to appear. The point is, if you follow Howard's instructions, which are provided with the strategy, number one, why go? The whole point of the strategy, number one, is to deprive the enemy of their ability to comply with the due process requirement to serve you with written notice. They cannot serve you with proper service of process or legal process if you follow Howard's directions and instructions that are provided. And it absolutely does work and has worked for me since 1972 until they openly admit publicly there is no more due process. Everybody's a slave to the Communist BAR British Accreditation Registry, BAR Lawyers Corporation that has overtaken the Constitution, what used to be the Constitutional Republic. Now it's all corporations, public corporations, private corporations, government corporations, and no corporation does anything without the instructions from its lawyers. Right. They're all self-regulated. 
Well, that you, means the, they don't get interfered with, but got by the government. You well, know, the FDA, the, they all of those different corporations, they just tell them to police themselves. They have to trick us into giving consent because right yeah. in the Declaration of Independence, it says governments derive their just powers with the consent of the governed. Well, if people right. stop agreeing and stop consenting, stop they're making appearance and making acceptance of these offers, right. then there is no contract and there is no jurisdiction. I agree. Sounds good to me. Well, escapeharassment.com or escape-tickets-irs-court.org. And strategy number one is absolutely guaranteed to continue to work. That's good. Do you have uh, testimonials on your site from people that have used it? You know, glorifying <laughs> the, pro- the, the product or whatever you want to call well, it? How many people do you know have written to their high school teachers and thanked them for teaching them to graduate from high school? Nobody. Well, Howard Griswold <laughs> Howard Griswold has the same problem. People do not they're so happy to be out from under they forget to thank Howard for his research. <laughs> yeah, but there should be one or two at least, right? You should yeah, be able to refer people there, to one or two at There least. are two posted on the website. I suppose there that, are more if we Wonderful. Well, no, it's good. It's hard to prove a non-existent, and the whole yeah. point of strategy number one is to non-existent their attempts to trick people into mm-hmm. falling for the appearance trap or the acceptance trap. But uh, yeah. you know, if there's no record, there's no record to show. Mm-hmm. That's the way to create no record is to not take part. Do not give them their, your consent. Stop agreeing. Yes. And that's what strategy number one does. Maybe that's what they're doing to that other gentleman that was on. What was it? He was on. He said that the the lawyers are trying to get him to consent to a magistrate. Well, you never know. You might be consenting to a whole bunch of other stuff, too. You got to read it. Read whatever they put in. Tell them to put it in writing and send it to you, and you'll think about it. Well, send me an email if he wants to. No tax man. At dmv.com, and I'll answer his email. Okay. Thank you. Let's see here. Thank you. Let's see. Uh, quad 52108. Is that you, Donaldson? Uh, yeah, actually, I was just uh, I was just oh. wanting to, to get the website um, again, but he's repeated it, what? and I, I have oh. it now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Thank you. That's um, all right. Okay. Well, that I do have it on here. I'm actually at his site now. He said oh. process one. Uh, I was trying to find out what what is the process one. That I don't see. Dave, what is it on your website? Strategy number one. Oh. If you follow Howard's instructions, you'll never need strategy number two. <laughs> and if they again or continue to ignore the law and ignore due process, then you have to resort to strategy number three. That is Howard's six. Demands and disclosures, which once that's introduced, they will trump up some excuse to uh, null press the case because they cannot answer and they don't want to admit in front of the audience that they're so dumb that they cannot answer. So they'll try to confuse the people by asking some question like, was there a battery in the car or was the window up or down? Something that has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but it will be distract people's attention. And the judge will say, well, I'm sorry that it appears the state does not have enough uh, evidence or the witnesses are not pre- prepared or 
they'll trump up some excuse to drop the case rather than admit they cannot comply with those six demands and disclosures. And they'll they'll drop the charges every time. That's how Kobe Bryant, that basketball celebrity out in California, got the charges against him dropped. He just said that is not my authorized signature. Funny thing how the prosecuting attorneys did not mention anything about if it's an unauthorized signature. That's why you have to go look it up for yourself. I'm not going to tell you. You're going to have to actually open a law dictionary and actually open a law encyclopedia and look up unauthorized signature. And then you'll see right there why they could not proceed against Kobe Bryant or anybody anybody else. If you say that is not my authorized signature, doesn't matter what paper they're talking about or which document, they cannot proceed. It. Right. Does, does it help? Does it Even, help with uh, with um, notice of tax liens? Did they give you full disclosure before getting you into that tax situation? I, I'm not sure what full disclosure is in regards to all that the information topic. that you were going to be subject to if you entered into their 1040s and their W forms, 1099s, uh, no. and all that. No, they never give you full disclosure because otherwise nobody would ever have anything to do with them and they would have no cases and they'd have no income. That's the reason that everything they do is fraud. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of that's what I'm dealing with right now, numbers of federal tax liens. So. Well, they admit that the income tax is collected by voluntary compliance. Voluntary what? means it has to be not coerced. Not forced. Well, did you intend to volunteer into their contractual jurisdiction? Probably oh. not. <laughs> well, then, it must be an unauthorized signature if they did not give you enough information, enough knowledge or information to have formed an intent to authorize it. It must not have been authorized, which means it's unauthorized. Okay. Like Kobe Bryant said, that, whichever paper or document, that is not my authorized signature and they will not mention unauthorized because that would be revealing their scam their entire fraudulent system okay well i'll go ahead and tell you in your law dictionary it'll say unauthorized signature is a forgery you cannot be held to a forged document or document bearing a forged signature. Once you say that is not your authorized signature, they're not going to admit it must thereby be a forgery. They're just going to drop the case, dismiss, null process the charges. And Kobe Bryant's case is proof that it works. And I'm sure his lawyer is the one that told him to say that. Oh, I'm sure. So... But those celebrities have more money than us. Yeah, I know. But we can learn from them, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, Howard Griswold's been doing this research for 30-some years. Yeah. How is he, by the way? He's okay as far as I know. Oh, good. He's moved everything to the back burner. Well, his health has got to take priority at this point, right? Picky, picky, picky. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm older that's... than he is. I'm not. <laughs> but that's true. His health. Well, you must be healthier than him. Well, I take supplements. <laughs> yeah, me too. Tons and tons of supplements. Uh, ridiculous. But I feel great, so that's what counts. Well, exercise helps. you got to yeah. ride your bike and exercise uh-huh. in addition to supplements. Yeah, I play with the dog. All right, I'm going to unmute a few other people here that have their hands up, but you can just hang in there, Dave, if you want. Quad, uh, was that it for you? Uh, yes, thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay, next up is Rick, Southern Illinois. You've been unmuted. This is Rick. Yep, hi. Okay, I'm still on the line listening. I was listening to Dave and he's talking about the signatures. Now, I've heard verified signatures. Is this the kind of signature he's talking about, Dave? Dave, are you still there? Do you go get a drink of water or something? Right, use the word. Uh, no, uh, use the word authorized. That is not my authorized signature. I can I can't hear him. He Don't said it, he, he was using the word not authorized signature, but uh, so I, yeah. I I I. I was referring to I, verified. I've heard. Uh, call, that's, not, that's not authorized. But in order for it to be authorized, it have to be verified, right? But why, if something works, don't fix it. Kobe Bryant didn't say verified. Kobe Bryant won using that is not his authorized signature. That's what worked. Why change? Well, we do not give or sell legal advice. You do what you want. I don't tell people what to do. I just tell you what the words mean. I'm just learning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't change words meanings. Look up, look up both words, and you decide in and out of the dictionary which one means what you want to have said. Yeah, if you get a document from a government person, and they sign it, you can you can ask them for a valid or verified signature, or you can get it valid validated or verified yourself. But that's different. Right. That's how I was thinking, Angela, because I've heard that if they're a government official, they're acting in their if I understand it right, their oath or their their capacity, and therefore if they're not acting as a man, well, then it's not really a verified or it's not a legit signature, if that makes sense. Oh, no, it would be their authorized signature, I would think. But, you know, I I don't know. I've been through so many catch clauses 22, I can't make sense out of them all. Yeah, well, try to keep it simple and uh, straightforward. Don't get too complex. With you know, it it gets overwhelming sometimes. We there's so much information, right? And you you know you want to learn it all as fast as you can, but at some point you're going to have a few aha moments, and things will start falling into place, and you'll see you know with your your path will be a little clearer where you're going. Yeah, so you have to set yeah. a path. You know, you can't just go all over the place. It doesn't work no. out that. No, it's just uh, that's There's what I'm There's just so much to information. To yeah. Rush through there. It's like I have it all stored in my head, but putting it down on paper and making it step by step by step is seems like another twenty year process. You know. No, that's the reason Howard it. Griswold's strategy number one works so well. There's only four things you need to learn. Those four words are all defined 
right out of the law dictionaries and encyclopedias. They're defined on the website. So you don't have to go look up in the law encyclopedias to prove what they say is what the website says they say. Well, you can verify if you want, but it's already been reposted there on the website. Just learn the four words, that it's a true definition of due process, the true definition of a contract, the true, true definition of appearance, the true definition of acceptance. Okay, I'm writing it down. Okay, acceptance. Yeah. Well, the due process, in due process, they have to serve you with written notice. If they cannot, if they cannot trick you into committing acceptance of their offer, there is no contract, and they have not been able to accomplish tricking you into the contract. Yeah. So there's yeah. the uh, due process is they have to serve you with written notice, and you destroy their ability by implementing strategy number one. The second word is contract. The definition of a contract is the offer, the acceptance of that offer, at which point in time a contract arises by law, by the acceptance. Immediately, all parties are bound and held to specific performance of the newly arisen contract by the acceptance. Once it's accepted, that's it. They cannot, the offeror can no longer withdraw the offer. And who determines who accepts it? Well, when somebody sends you a bill, if you accept it, that's you. You determine it by not not implementing strategy number one. So there's I the definition see. of a peer of uh, due process, the definition of contract, and the definition of appearance is right out of Corpus Juris Secundum, second edition, secundum, Corpus Juris Secundum, the definition of appearance is if you do anything. Any flickering thing, beneficial or detrimental, if it ain't neutral, it's beneficial. If it ain't neutral, it's detrimental to somebody. So if you don't I, use Howard's neutral response wording, you're falling into the appearance trap because you're saying something beneficial or detrimental to somebody unless you use Howard's wording, which is why you've I, got to follow his instructions. I like that strategy, number one. That's not. I like look that. Look right on, right on the website. It's posted the definition of due process, the definition of contract, the definition of appearance, and the definition of acceptance, right out of corpus juris secundum. It says the definition of acceptance is intent to retain. That means keeping. If they send it and you keep it, you've committed appearance. You've kept it. You've committed acceptance. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense. That's why Howard's strategy number one works. It prevents them from having the ability or capability to trick you into acceptance. And if you don't, full for their acceptance trap and appearance trap, there is no agreement. There is no contract for you to go and lie and fraudulently misrepresent in court that you are a all capital letter dummy corporation fiction, corporate fiction person, subject of Congress. You were not created by Congress. Congress creates fictions, not live, natural, actual people. You were created by God. Yeah, they're behind the mask. Not, not Congress. Congress is a fiction. Fictions can only create other fictions. And fictions have to obey the fiction code and the fiction statutes and the fiction um, everything else that Congress creates. Well, I wasn't created by Congress. None of that crap applies to me. I have to obey my Lord and Master God. And I'm not in any of their fictitious 10 miles square forts 
ports, dockyards, arsenals, or magazines. I'm on. I'm not in their fictions. I'm on. I'm above. I'm on actual land, not in a fiction state of, not in a fiction capital D, capital E, not a fiction 12345 or 90210. I'm not in a numbered zone. The post office building may have a zip code number that applies to that building, but I don't live in the post office building. I pay my yeah. own rent. <laughs> Got my own house. So you're really in appearance as uh, uh, not only as your authority, but as your right. But I don't need constitutional rights. Only government employees who work for Congress need to have constitutionally granted Correct. rights. I have God-given inherent natural rights secured against infringement by their corporate constitution. Right. I'm but one of the people, you. God's people, and they are public servants to me. I'm not a servant to them. They've right. switched it around where live actual people don't understand the distinction between actual and make-believe. Oh, I do with Carl's uh, teachings. I He's made it. I've learned it. And I, I know specifically before I didn't know it, but I know it. I know distinctively that I am a man, and yeah. Yeah, before they can before they can enforce any contract, they have to have the three preliminary primary elements of jurisdiction established before the contract can even apply: person, place, and thing. In law, it's called in personam. The place is called the venue or the geographical location, and the thing is the subject matter. And the subject matter thing is the contract or agreement that's hopefully signed with a intentional authorized signature, but since they never give us enough information or knowledge upon which to form an intent to authorize, we never have the ability to authorize. Therefore, it must be an unauthorized signature. Now, how can they prove otherwise? Right. There are only two entities that can possibly get on the witness stand to say what you meant to do, meant to say in your mind. In yes. your head, in your brain, and that's you or God. Are they going to subpoena God to appear on the witness stand and witness against if you say you never intended that? Is that my authorized signature? How are they going to get somebody to say, oh, yes, it was? God's not going to be bothered getting on their witness stand, and unless you're foolish enough to convict yourself by getting on the witness stand and testifying against yourself. That's what I was going to say, under oath of affirmation, right? Then you have it there, right? Well, if you avoid the appearance trap and the acceptance trap, which strategy number one does, yep. that's the whole point of strategy number one. Yeah, it's like it going, go right back to number one. If A, B, and C doesn't apply, go back to number one. Well, if you properly follow the instructions that Howard provides in strategy number one, you'll never need strategy number two. But if the lying, thieving cheats continue to trap you, trick you, try to try to trap you, try to trick you, then you'll resort to strategy number two. And if they, again, continue to ignore the law and ignore due process, then you use strategy number three, which is Howard Griswold's ultimate six demands and disclaimers, which once that's introduced, they cannot, they cannot comply. They cannot answer those demands and disclaimers. So they'll trump up some excuse to uh, null process the case or just drop the charges or strike the action against uh, Kobe Bryant, or you, or me, or Howard, or anybody else. Okay, we have to move on. Geek Pile, you've been unmuted. 
Hi, Angela. How are you doing? Hi. Fine. Thank you. What did you have on uh, your mind? Man, so much. Uh, <laughs> I would say I've been, you know, studying your show and all your guests and everything everyone says for the last six to nine months. I don't know. I feel like I'm ready to give birth. Uh <laughs> And I, I'm absolutely going to check out what, uh, what Dave's talking about. But, uh, you know, with so many strategies out there and everything, what I realize is that you, Angela, are actually a wealth of knowledge, too, because you've been hearing all this stuff. And I know you have an ability to keep uh, at least, because I'm in California also, uh, the FTB at bay. And I'm just curious. Well, I don't what... have any money in the bank. Let's put it that way. I don't have a bank <laughs> So that makes it easy. <laughs> but, if you, if uh, you want to call that keeping them at bay, then so be it. But, uh, <laughs> they, but they, they, they put liens on me on a regular basis. So. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's one thing I would like to try and get them off my case about. Uh, but I have a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the sole supporter for my family. So if I got the FTB sending me a you know, notice of tax, you know, state tax due, you know, or uh, because they claim I haven't filed and all that. And I'm like, well, I wrote them a letter, but they just can't send another notice. And I'm like, well, am I keeping them at bay? You know, is the dragon asleep, so to speak? Because the same is true for um, federal tax. You know, they're, they're, they were kept at bay for a whole other situation when I was in my ignorant stage. But uh, now I just feel like, well, I shouldn't pay anything, but I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? So if I get a notice of, of you know, you know, notice to file because you know state taxes are due and it's this ridiculous amount. I don't want to wake up the next day and have my uh, account suddenly at zero again. Well, then you better get before. your money out of there if you got any. <laughs> well, that's the thing because it feels to me like the, like the feds come come straight out to your bank, but the, it feels the like the state, state taxes does too. The state yeah, the, does more so and quicker yeah. than the than the fed. Yeah. Yeah, states come after my uh, my paycheck before, so. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, so I was just I was just curious. Uh I'll I'll check out Dave and what he had to say too. But uh, I was gonna ask uh-huh. Dan about it. But uh Oh, Dan's I'm sorry here. you didn't get a chance to <laughs> He had to wait till well, next year. It's only a couple of months away though, so that's fine. He might have a book oh, well, by then. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> you know, I just got a book in the mail that I sent for. Who was it that told me to buy this? Was that Rich Iverson or was that Bill Thornton? This IRS humbug, it's called IRS Weapons of Enslavement by Frank Kowalik. I forgot who told me to get it. Well, I ordered it right online when I was talking to him. Huh. We were having a call. It was either Rich Rich, Rich Iverson or uh, Bill yeah. Thornton. Well, the other thing I was, I was thinking would be nice to see was, uh, I know you have all these little gold nuggets written down. It'd be nice to see a little post of that, you know, like like Angela's top ten gold nuggets or something like that, and well, to see what they are. Top ten? Maybe. There's a lot know. more than ten. Just email me and I'll send it to you. You know. I'll absolutely. I'll, I do don't. That. You know. I think I did. Let me see. I think I did put it on the website. Let me check real quick here. Let me go to the home page. Uh, let's see. Uh. Oh, I got that. I did, but I was. I intended to. Mm-hmm. Golden nuggets? No, I guess. Uh, well, let me see. I think I I put it on the uh, Court Easy page. Let me see here. Court Easy scripts. Let me see. 
Charles Carter, Gordon Hall, John Stewart, Dorothy Script, Missy Script. Um, I guess I don't have it on here. I will. <laughs> I'll I'll try to put it up on. Uh, I don't know where to put it. I guess I'll just put it on the home page and put a link. Sure. Yeah, but I'll email you and ask for it. You know. Yeah. Get a little more background I, what's I, going on. When I do put it on the website, it'll just be called Golden Nuggets. Sweet. I can see the gift <laughs> now. <laughs> well, thank you, Angela. I'll, I'll let you go. Well, Until I have a more put together question, but yeah, I uh-huh. appreciate it, and thanks, thanks, Dave, and everyone listening. Thanks a lot. I just typed into my search engine on the homepage, you know, Golden Nuggets. <laughs> it brought Watch up, out for uh, Las Vegas Hotel, Golden Nugget, Golden yeah. Nugget, Las Vegas. That's funny. So I guess I don't have it on there yet. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see here, Money Mike, you've been unmuted. Thanks, Geek Pile. Thank you. Uh, hello, hi. Hello, hello, hello. My my hello. question goes out. My qu- hello. My question hello. goes to Delaware. Uh, I think it was Ralph. No, Dave. Or Dave, yeah, Dave. Dave. If, if, in if Delaware. Delaware, if he's still there. Yeah, he's there. Yeah, hello. no, that's not me. Um, yeah, I was just wondering handled, if he. Be Delaware, Dave. Yeah, I was just wondering if he still has that. Uh, Twenty thousand dollars worth of free information for one hundred fifty dollars yet? <laughs> uh, I don't call that. Yeah, he, he oh. actually once said he actually once said that uh, when he was talking, and I uh, just wanted to see because <laughs> he talked about it on uh, he actually was on uh, Colin Dirk's uh, show back uh, I don't know back in it might have either been twenty six or episode seventy six. So you know, and I was listening to it, and I was just wondering who was still around. Well, it might, Dave, still, it might still be based on Harold Griswold. It might still be Harold Griswold stuff. Could be. What do you uh, say, Dave? Dave? What's, what, what's the question? I was, teasing, I was actually kind of teasing you. I was, because uh, uh, I was uh, listening to an earlier, uh, earlier call that you were on when you were on back when the uh, American Reconstruction Project when uh, Colin Derrick uh, rebooted it. And uh, back uh, back maybe about a year or so ago, and uh, and you you were you were you were jibber jabbing about uh, you know all the methods, and you're talking about Harold Griswold, and then and then and then you say and then you says yeah for that you can get twenty thousand dollars worth of free information for one hundred fifty dollars. So I just want unless it was uh, unless it was uh, unless it was uh, uh, one of your other uh, cohorts there that was over on that site that one day. Maybe I might have uh, mistook in you. Yeah, I'm not familiar with what information package that might have been from the Howard Griswold background research hard copy mail order website peoples-rates.com. The mail order website's still there, peoples-rates.com. Just print out the mail order page and circle or check which information package it is or home study course that you're interested in and send in the appropriate cost reimbursement donation to cover the cost of research and copies and postage, and we'll mail you whatever the information you request. But what we found was that people do not read the research that we send them, so 
we just decided they just want answers only and the heck with the research. So we got the electronic website, escapeharassment.com, with the answers only without Howard Griswold's background research. They just Interesting. strategy number one. And if they don't do that accurately or correctly, you get strategy number two as a backup. And if the enemy continues to ignore due process and ignore the law, got Howard Griswold's strategy number three, which is the six demands and disclaimers. And that uh, blows them oh, okay. out of the water, literally, and they just cannot answer and will not answer, and uh, they'll trump up some excuse to uh, strike the charges against you or Kobe Bryant or anybody else. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. All right. And I'm done, Angela. Okay. Thank you. I have to go. I have to go be a man now somewhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Claude, go ahead. You've been unmuted. This is it. We're going to close out the call after your comment or question. Okay. David, I was just wanted to find out, how do you determine or know when, say, like if uh, your number one strategy doesn't work or or hasn't worked and it's time to move on to to, to your number two strategy? Dave, are you still there? I'm trying to understand the question. Say it again, Quad. Well, I was hearing you say like, like if strategy number one uh, doesn't work, then you move, then you go to strategy number two. I said, how do you determine like if if, if that strategy number one uh, didn't work or doesn't work? Or... Well, if you properly follow Howard's instructions that come with the strategy number one, and uh-huh. do not destroy it by going down there in person, the whole point is to destroy their ability to serve you with written notice. Well, if you physically physic, physically appear, <laughs> you've already acknowledged, you wave protesting, you never got written notice. How did you know to come and appear if you didn't get it? So don't shoot yourself in the foot by bothering to actually go down to the hearing you never heard about after you've implemented strategy number one to claim you never got written notice. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> and if they mm-hmm. continue on, even though you've followed Howard's instructions, then you'll know if they've continued, you'll get something else in the mail inviting you to a, some kind of a hearing or arraignment or whatever it's called, case management hearing or child custody hearing. You'll you'll hear from them if they think they've got a way to trick you into falling for appearance or acceptance of their offers. They'll continue sending offers. Gotcha. Okay. That's why you've got to reply to these people certified mail. Then you've got certified mail proof that you served it back to the issuing party. If you can't prove you sent it back, the presumption is, well, then you intended to retain it. Well, that's the definition of acceptance, intent to retain. If you keep it, that's retaining. They got you. What if they send you, say, two or three uh, pieces of uh, of mail, like all at the same time, uh, do you send it all back? And then you got to send uh, three separate envelopes with three, three each, because each document has to be identified specifically with uh, specificity and particularity. <laughs> okay. Specificity gotcha. and particularity. It's got to be identified. So why confuse anything worse than they already try by helping them confuse it by putting two or three things into one? If you're so cheap you can't afford three separate postage envelopes, then 
God help you. <laughs> but if you gotcha. get one piece of paper, that's got to be replied to with by certified mail and uh, follow Howard's instructions. And if they send a second one, then you got to do that the same way. And if they send a third one, that's got to be sent back certified mail also. You've got to have a certified mail proof that you've done it. Otherwise, how are you going to prove that you did? Gotcha. Okay. Is that good for you, Quad? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Okay, we still have two people with their hands up, but these two are the last, the absolute last. Okay, California, you've been unmuted, and then we have Northeast and North Central Pennsylvania. You're next. But go ahead, California. What do you want to say? Hi, uh, yes. and this is Carlos. Hi, Carlos. Yeah, no, wow. I haven't talked to you in a million years. Yes, I know. I know. How are uh, you? Fine, thank you. Uh, uh, everything's true, real good. Thank you. Thank you. Good, good, good. Nice to hear you. Thank you. Thank you. The reason I called because uh, uh, I heard some gentlemen uh, talking about the uh, IRS liens and the franchise tax board letters and all that. Okay. The, the way that I that I got uh, my son's uh, full refund and the way I got rid of uh, more than one letters from the franchise tax board, and they admitted that uh, they admitted that uh, I was right. They sent me a letter and I kept yeah. it. I framed it. No, I'm just kidding. And uh, the only way that that I did it is following uh, uh, Mr. Hendrickson, Richard Hendrickson. Oh, Pete Mr. Hendrickson. Mm-hmm. Pete, Pete Hendrickson, yes. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you something. I don't. I don't want to uh, make it a long story. I'm not going to argue, but that's the only thing that works. Well, I, I no, there are that. other things that work too. There yeah, yeah, I know. Things. For me, yeah. for me. Yeah, but that's me, wonderful. That's wonderful that you found success with it. You know. Yes. That's, wonderful. that's why I, I wanted to share share it and. If everybody, whoever has a problem with the IRS or the French tax board, French tax board is not easy to get rid of. Yeah. But uh, if you send them what uh, Peter Henderson uh, says, the way he teaches, they'll go away and they'll acknowledge you. We should have him they'll on again. Like I haven't had him on. I wanted to have him on again. I sent him an email. I didn't hear back from him because uh, his wife's incarcerated now. Or yeah. I, she, I think she's get out. Right Did she get out? Yes, yeah, she saw that. Oh, well, that's good. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. The only reason I called, I, I usually don't call in. I'm just in the background. The only reason right. is because I want to share the, those victories. And he, if they follow his steps, they're gonna win. 100. That's a good. That's good news. I like to hear that. 100. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna. I'll let somebody Thank else. Thank you so back. much. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. Goodbye. Don't be such a stranger. Okay, last uh, up is Northeast and no- North Central Pennsylvania. Uh, Hi. Hi. Uh, Dave, uh, I have a question uh, for uh, Dave. Dave, do you ever hear of a uh, something called a self-executing contract? Uh, and, are, and are you familiar with a lady by the name of Rebecca Campbell? Angela, do you know Rebecca Campbell? She's from the West Coast, like maybe Oregon or Washington. No, I may have heard the name. I don't know who she is. Uh, she sent me a copy of, I'm me sorry? Copy of something that uh, uh, well, a lot of times, you know, you go to court 
whether you're tricked to go in or they uh, grab you and chain you and drag you in, chain you up and uh, drag you in, ultimately get you there. But uh, a lot of times you, you know, question jurisdiction, but they never respond. They always drag their feet and they never want to tell you that, admit that they basically don't have jurisdiction over the, usually over the person. Okay, and sometimes subject matter. They usually have venue jurisdiction because that's their town, you know, their turf. There's three types of jurisdiction, right? Venue, subject matter, and uh, persona of the person, over the person. Okay. But uh, she has this uh, self-executing contract where basically if the you, you, you send it to the, uh, to the accuser, and it's always the accuser that is supposed to prove the jurisdiction, not the court. The court, the judge is never supposed to tell you who, that, uh, explain the jurisdiction to you when you when you challenge jurisdiction. It's always the accuser, the prosecutor, or in some cases the cop, who acts as the prosecutor. But uh, uh, I have this uh, self-executing contract in front of me where, if they don't respond to you by a certain amount of days, like 21 or 30 days, uh, then they uh, are automatically billed $10 million if they don't uh, come up with a jurisdiction. And the uh, the contract uh, starts, I believe, with the, uh, uh, the uh, oath of office, because that is the... Uh, where the uh, nexus is, they all have an oath of office, and they they swear, they uphold, they swear uh, to uphold the rights of the state, of the Constitution, the state, and the in the U.S. Constitution. And that's the reason they never sign one, because there is no constitutional republic any longer. You can live in fairyland or never never land or wherever you want to think you are, but they have destroyed or undermined whatever used to remain of what used to be the Constitutional Republic. It no longer exists. What exists now is a communist BAR, British Accreditation Registry, BAR lawyer-controlled corporations, and they are administering using administrative procedures, procedures, and they never comply with the Administrative Procedures Act, which says any agency that wants to have substantive regulations must promulgate, that means publish, their agency regulations in the Federal Register. No agency has any Federal Register regulations published. Ralph Winterout has proven this. He got official uh, confirmation from Amy Bonk, the attorney for the Federal Register, and Howard and uh, Ralph Winterout goes into a big, long discussion about the only regulations any of these agencies have, FBI, FEMA, any of them, they're all private corporations, not government, anything, and they all have interagency or inside that agency administ- uh, interpretive, that means some lawyer's opinion, interpretive regulations, which have zip in the way of authority. They have absolutely no regulations with the full force and effect of law that have been properly promulgated in the Federal Register, according okay. to Amy Bonk and Ralph Winterout. 
How do we don't get, make the law. We just make them obey it, and they don't. How do you and get for years. How do does one get them to, to cough up the damn jurisdiction? To uh, and they won't. They can't do it. Well, you the best to, way is to avoid falling into their jurisdiction. Sure, in the first let's place say they caught you. Let's say they grabbed you. They strategy number help. one prevents them from grabbing you, and prevents them from having the presumption that they have authority to grab you. You'll notice they never make clear accusations. They always make wild charges. Wild absolutely unfounded accusations to goad or trick you into reacting. Not you personally, people, all of us. We all get tricked into reacting, and we do something, doesn't matter what. Some They trick us into reacting to some uh, comment that they trick us into doing something beneficial to one party or detrimental to another party, and that's the definition of us making appearance right out of their law dictionaries and their law encyclopedias. And the definition is published on the website, escapeharassment.com. If you do anything, anything at all, if it's beneficial or detrimental, if you're not using Howard Griswold's neutral wording, it's beneficial to somebody or detrimental to somebody, and you're making appearance, even though you never intended to, but they trick us into making wild accusations and charges, and we create the jurisdiction by quibbling with them about it. But you can avoid all of that harassment by going to escapeharassment.com and activating strategy number one continuously, repetitively, always, and forever. And that way you deprive them of the ability or capability to trick you into agreeing or creating a contract by falling for their appearance trap or their acceptance trap and the subsequent resulting contract that arises from the acceptance. Dave, did you ever hear of any any incidents where strategy number one, let's say, didn't work? Where you, where Absolutely one, not. Well, one one, one sends the documents back. That's why them. Howard has strategy number two. If they ignore no, 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 no. I'm talking about if, if one sends the, the documents back and they say, hey, sucker, we're putting a warrant out for your arrest anyway. You we 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 we're ignoring the fact that you did respond, but we if don't they like send the, way the documents you back. You repeat Howard's instructions again, continuously, always, and forever. When you're dealing with the devil, he doesn't just stop one time. You can't wave a piece of paper and then suddenly all evil will disappear. Well, let's say, let's let's say that, let's say the uh, they put a warrant out for your arrest and they uh, throw you in uh, jail. And uh, then, what is is the recourse of of that? What if the sky falls, Chicken Little? What if the sky falls? What if you were born a woman? What if, what if? We don't deal in what ifs. We deal in actual and what the law says. What I'd like you to do is take a look at this uh, self-executing contract. I'm going to send it to you. And uh, let me know what you think about it. For $10 million. Or if they respond, just remember the definition of a contract. Jurisdiction in ten days. The uh, definition of a contract is an agreement, and uh, you have to have mutual uh, knowledge in order for two parties to agree. So since they never provide full disclosure, there's no way to have the ability or capability to form an intent to agree because you don't have all the information and knowledge that the other party does. They're tricking you into signing something that you have no awareness of. But you can send it to me. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much.
Angela, thank Very you. Good. Thank you for thank such you. a fantastic show and such great people. And, oh, my uh, pleasure. The greatest people in the world. Yes, I agree. <laughs> you won't get an argument out of me. And our, our, all our people, that uh, our listeners and contributors and participants, we're all the greatest people in the world because we wake up. We are awake and learning every day how to deal with all this crap they're throwing at us. Instead of just sitting back and letting them do it to I us, I think Angela, you know? I, I think I have your uh, your uh, uh, email too. I'll, I'll send this to you and Dave. This is a self-executing contract, but it has all my name everywhere. You can't give it to anybody unless you redact my name. Well, I won't give it to anybody. Okay. All right. It will not go any further than me. All right. I mean, you could you feel free to you know modify it, and my, that's my goal is to send it to you to 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 upgrade it and make it a really great uh, 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 document if possible. Well, we do not and cannot give ourselves legal advice, but we'll we'll read it and consider it. Sure. Okay. Have a good night. Thank that's, you. That's, you that's too. That's why we listen to Angela's call. We actually <laughs> learn stuff. <laughs> that's the idea. <laughs> anyway, uh, everybody have a great weekend. Thanks, Dave. It's been a Thank pleasure. You. Thank you, Sentient, for coming on the call. She says, Thank you for having Dan Benham. Uh, we'll have him on again. Yes, you'll uh, hear him again after January. Well, next year. <laughs> next week, uh, we have a woman coming on. She goes by the name R. Lotus Justice. Put that into a Google search or, uh, yeah. Put it into a Google search. I subscribed to her channels, and I started listening to her stuff, and I was turned on to her by um, somebody sent me an email. I forgot, Jacob? I forget. No, um, I forget. Anyway, um, someone was nice enough to send me the link, and we have uh, her scheduled to be on next week. Hopefully, we'll learn some stuff from her, different set of uh, principles and ideals. Um, And what else? Let me see. Who else do I have scheduled? Hold on, let me look at my calendar real quick. Because I think I have... Uh, <clears throat> let me see, hold on. I have Lotus... Tra- yeah, that's it. I guess I don't have anybody else scheduled. We had Bill Thornton, Rich Iverson, Dan Benham, and then we're going to have Lotus. And then, I let's see, we're open for the 29th. I'll get someone to come on the call then. Maybe I'll get, um, oh, Ken W. No, not Ken W., Ken Dost. We want to get him on again. Mm-hmm. So, uh, let's see. I guess I guess that's about it. You know, um, Dan didn't mention anything about Wells Fargo, but uh, I have to read more on what's happening with Wells Fargo Bank to find out what that was about, what they're going through. Um, Anyway, all right. Have a great weekend, everybody. I love you. Take care of each other, and we'll see you next Thursday. Good night. Good night. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway, and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.